thing that the ATF is authorized to do is disband. You know, the right to bear arms is because that's the last form of defense against tyranny. Not to hunt, it's to protect yourself from the police. Not only no gun control, but you know, we're gonna destroy the whole concept because the internet's gonna serve guns. And we want our rights, and by God, we're gonna keep them. Come hell or high water. The E-Militia Podcast, Episode 66, Evolution of the Bug, with Magnus Panvidia. Enjoy, fuckers. Hey guys, Bia here. Just a quick little announcement before we start the episode. As many of you know, I was banned once again on Instagram back at the end of April 2021. So far, my attempts to come back via a variety of means have been fruitless. So I figured I'd try something different. I'm overbuilding up a body of infographics, propaganda, and, not gonna lie, pretty epic grants on current events, only to have my following and content wiped again and again. I'll still be present on Twitter, and I'm trying to come back to IG, but my new permanent home that you should always be able to find me at will be my new substack, The Anarch, so that's anarchist without the ist. This will be a web publication where I flesh out my written rants on news and culture, without the bootlicking, from an anarchist perspective, with a more polished finish. I'm also bringing on contributors to share this new platform. Some familiar faces and some new, so be sure to check that out at theanarch.substack.com Once again, that's theanarchanarchistwithoutthist.substack.com and sign up for the free email subscription to stay up to date on what I'm doing over there. And if you want to hear more about that, check out episodes 18 and 19 of my solo podcast, The BR Hates Fed Show. Thanks for listening. Now let's go on with the episode. Hello and welcome to the E-Militia Podcast. I'm BR and today I'm joined by my co-host Small Crimes, aka Mel. And our special guest today is Magnus Panvidja. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you're saying that right. Cool. So I many that. people struggle with it, so I get happy when people nail it on the first shot. See, European, lots of lots of weird names. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, not everybody knows Sanskrit, so it's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um... So yeah, today we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff ranging from uh, the Boogaloo movement, which of course our, our audience is very familiar with, um, and also a ton of marches, because we're, we're moving from theory to practice. We're showing up and making a point of existing, <laughs> which is, uh, is so much, so important in these times. Anarchists actually doing anarchist things. It's yeah. Nice. We're not just hiding in the basement, which is always nice to see. Um, so we, we've got um, John Hurley protests, the uh, libertarian who was shot by police after stopping a mass shooter. We've got the anniversary of Garrett Foster coming up, um, more Duncan Lemp protests, and the March for Peace in D.C., and all sorts of activism going on. Um, and here to join us to talk about it, uh, Magnus. So uh, you've uh, you've been kind of... So we, we talked about you on episode 60 because that was kind of the first time um, we'd heard about you personally. And they it was interesting because the way they painted you was kind of, uh, oh yeah, Panvidja, the the figurehead of the Boogaloo. And we were like... Yeah, that shit makes me cringe like yeah. skin whenever I hear it. And we were like, we were like what's, what's going on here? Because, yeah, nothing personal. We, we just didn't know what, what was up with that. And... Um, so we, uh, you know, no, no judgment on you or anything, but we're like, all right, what, what's this guy's, what's this guy's origin story and where'd he come yeah, from? It's so. it's so, it's so funny. Cause that's why I said like the interview was so good is like, I was very deliberate in the interview of like, I'm not a leader. 
Uh, when I'm talking about like agorism and everything, I'm talking about a lot of people are doing it unintentionally, but more and more people are getting like aware. Not that everyone, like every single person in the movement is getting obese and talking about Konkin. That's not, <laughs> that's not what, what was happening, but like that you were seeing it go more that way because everybody thought there'd be some giant clusterfuck around the election. And when it didn't happen, it's like, well, what do we do now? It's like, well, agorism. So like, I, I made this all clear to them of like, I only speak for myself and the people who explicitly give me permission to speak for them. Like, I'm not new to the movement at all. I've been around a real long time, but I decided to be the only person to give a speech at the at the uh, that, uh, national day of protest we did on January 17th. And it went super fucking viral. And I've kind of been trapped in this position of like semi spokesperson slash historian of the boogaloo movement to like normies so yeah so when when's about did you kind of um come across the the boog movement yeah so i i mostly came across it like i'd always been in the gun meme culture so like the boog memes had been around you know obviously forever you guys know and your audience will know since like 2013 2014 and i'd always just been on like k and stuff like that on 4chan and then just kind of hanging around like anarchists and stuff like that so i'd always kind of been exposed to it but i didn't really get involved with the movement movement until after duncan lemp and that's when i kind of started like seeing more movement around it and i didn't get involved into the actual like obviously organization is not the right term because it's, it's so far from that but essentially like the people actually like getting together organizing and going on the ground was because of the lockdowns in michigan uh, I was going to go to the infamous first lockdown protest in Lansing, and I stumbled on this page called Motor City Boogaloo. And that's where I started meeting those guys and everything. And uh, a lot of those people ended up, you know, getting entrapped by the FBI later on. <laughs> so that's, that, that's a whole nother that's element. Nice. Of it. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so I, I started linking up with those guys. And that's when I met people like Tim Teagan, who's probably even more infamous than I am seeming he was his face was shown at the Donald Trump impeachment trial like in Congress Christ. so that was like a whole fucking thing that happened and yeah then like from there I started talking to more people I started getting linked up with more people and doing stuff within the movement kind of in the background like I, I never wanted to be a public figure and I'm still like really uncomfortable with it but here I am and it it wasn't until that speech on January 17th that I honestly thought there'd be nobody there and nobody would give a shit. And I'd be giving a speech to like 17 journalists and like three people and then go home and it might make local news, but it made international news. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, kind of wrestling with weird, um, radical fame or <laughs> infamy, whatever you want to call it. I always, I always call it weird famous because it's like, I'm famous technically, but I have none of the perks. Like I don't have money or like positive attention or anything. I just have like hate stalkers and attention. <laughs> Stigma. <from the> <laughs> right? Yeah. So what's been the move with this kind of, uh, this energy that you've been given, what good or bad? Notoriety, I guess. Yeah. So, um, that was actually like my favorite part about your, uh, your podcast talking about like what the book was supposed to be from the beginning and kind of the idea behind all of it is the most positive thing I've seen coming out of me and me going on Jimmy Dore and talking to like a lot of more prominent podcasters and stuff like that is showing a lot of the left and like normie conservatives 
just how crazy the full court press from the media and all the lies about the movement was mm. because mm -hmm. like I, I describe myself more as a historian as, as anything because I was very diligent on like keeping pictures of protests and videos of protests and like interviews and articles and stuff that everyone had been in and all of that had been suppressed or deleted off the internet or misconstrued or like not shown to anybody and now I'm going on to like these big podcasters with like hundreds of thousands of viewers and being like, hey, you know, the best example from that article where the BLM uh, pro, uh, organizer in Kentucky was like, there's no Boogaloo in Kentucky. And I'm like, hey, here's this video of CTES, the rapper who did the official Breonna Taylor rap hanging out with a bunch of Boogaloo people. <laughs> here's my friend John at the memorial of Travis Nagdi, who was the most prominent activist in Louisville at his memorial because he was shot and killed in a drive-by well in a carjacking here's john in full aloha gear with an ak with like a you know the, the boint patch on his hat sitting right at the front row of travis's memorial and it's like hey look at all these lies like look at this this whole kind of thing and i always compare it to like how only recently you're starting to see the black panthers kind of get more normalize and people are getting aware of what actually happened to them because when i was in school i was just taught that the black panther movement was like a bunch of psycho violent communists yeah like like the the opposite of mlk and they were like right. they were like the bad part of the civil rights movement yeah and then and then you then you actually find out like oh they did like free school lunch programs and like sickle cell disease and a bunch of other stuff like so i always like i always say the bo the boogaloo movement is second only to the black panthers in terms of just how crazy the feds and the media and everything just tried to lie and, and hide that. And I feel like that's like, I wouldn't say radicalized because the only people that really care are the people paying attention enough in politics are probably already radicalized, but it definitely mm -hmm. kind of readjusted a lot of people's on the left and in the centers, like opinion of what exactly is going on in this country. And I think that's super positive. Oh, for sure. Like so many people like the, the NRA will be going on about on, on their Instagram or whatever, all their social media about um like oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna get back the the right to conceal carry or whatever in california it's like you fucks you're the ones you and reagan are the ones who took it away because of the black panthers auditing police stops yeah and we're like armed and it's like we, so there's so many cognitively dissonant individuals organizations and factions right and like the the, be the best example of it too is like the garrett foster thing yeah because Garrett Foster was a Boogaloo boy. And I've gone back and literally like Vice, It's Going Down, TYT, Vosh, like all these these shit lib fucking uh, YouTubers eulogized Garrett and said he was like the bravest, most heroic person in the world and how awesome Garrett was and talked about how he volunteered in the community and everything. And then people found out he was a Boogaloo boy. And then they pretended that they didn't say all of that stuff. And then now you even see like, people starting to smear him or try to throw him under the bus, including a couple local Austin organizers that put on the memorial for Garrett just because of his political associations. And it's like you, it, again, like when people see stuff like that, it's kind of how a lot of conservatives woke up to the media with the Donald Trump thing or how like a lot of libertarians woke up to our elections because of Ron Paul. It's like whenever they have to use that much force and they get caught doing it, people start, waking up to what's actually going on yeah and, and i think the uh the boogaloo movement did a great job of kind of waking up so many just pe people staying in their echo chambers because it forced people to kind of cross paths with a lot of people because the boog movement was you know 
a lot of uh, disenfranchised MAGA types who were then kind of in the early stages of learning libertarianism and in the bulk of the movement in the early days was, you know, libertarians, like radical gun rights centric libertarians being like, okay, well, we've actually got something to to be visible with and also to to do something different. You know, it's not a bunch of like threepers and M81 camo standing outside the Capitol, um, you know, in like like dated 90s gear with right. like, like like the M&P rifles they got from Cabela's with, and, and a bunch of like, you know, tired American symbols that aren't really, you know, it's like, oh yeah, there they are. There's that faction. It was something new. And then- Yeah, I, I always point to uh, one of my good friends, uh, Knockout. He's a Louisville uh, protester. And he, he was talking to the media there asking about the Boogaloo movement because he's, he's part of it. Black guy, you know, again, narrative breaking. And they're like, uh, like, why, why are you guys all dressed in like Hawaiian and everything? And he's like, well, first, if you show up to downtown Louisville in multicam, you're going to be <laughs> spotted from like a thousand miles away. And every single protester is going to be like, huh? Just because you're right. Like that funny attitude. Yeah. But also like, I'll, you know, people are like, why do you why do you dress so so weird in the memes and all that? And I always just respond like, would you be talking about us if we didn't? You know? Yeah. <laughs> there's there's that, and then like the uh, the really successful um, Virginia, like Richmond, Virginia rally in 2020. Um, the reason it was so successful was so many people had like kind of joke signs and uh, like our, our friend uh, Trigy Confucius, he was out there. Uh, people were like barbecuing in the streets, singing. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, you know, people, people wearing Hawaiian people and, and mixed in with people in like, you know, more serious looking gear and, and the funny signs. It was kind of like, these people aren't just, it's not just like an army descended on Richmond, although I'm sure, you know, most would, most opposed to the whole thing would say that, but they, there was a sense of humor about it. And that's what was the, the Boogaloo movement's greatest strength and kind of, it was something different. And it's like, oh, well you, you want to paint us as these big, scary, like, potential murderers it's like no we're regular people with a sense of humor and it really initially when before they knew what to do with us you know it was it was humanizing yeah and like it, it's funny too because you look up all the pictures of like threepers or oath keepers or anything and they're always like sitting there trying to look super hard and they got like these mean mugs on their face and skull mask and all that shit right and they look up pictures of like boogs and like like the most famous picture of me which is which is like probably my most favorite uh, piece of media that's ever been produced because it's so funny. It, it it was an article by Medium magazine that said that the the top twenty most dangerous people on the internet on in twenty twenty, and it's a picture of Mark Zuckerberg, Donald Trump, uh, some guy I don't recognize, and then me and two other boogs behind them, and all of us have are wearing Hawaiian shirts with goofy meme patches and have giant <laughs> stupid smiles on our face. And it's like the juxtaposition is so hilarious to me. It's like, look at this dangerous terrorist. And I'm just sitting there with like, like this big goofy <laughs> grin on my face. And it's the same with like, you look up any pictures of us. We're all, we're always just like happy and, and having like fun with it because you have to em- embrace the absurdity. And that's probably like a bit of the Chan culture, a bit of the meme stuff that the, the older folks don't really get the old militia boomers. So. Yeah. Like when, uh, when Trigy was going around and trying to rally up support for the, the Virginia rally, he was going, he was talking by like every rural town. He was talking about the, um, what was it? The sanctuary, sanctuary city thing or whatever. Yeah, like sanctuary ways. counties. That's yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, most people were fuds. They, they really wouldn't have got the sense of humor that this movement had. And what, what that did for us, at least the, you know, the aesthetics and kind of the attitude 
it made it really fucking hard to ignore because it was so entertaining and such a spectacle that they had to cover it and they they didn't know what to do because you saw everything in the early days from like oh right-wing extremists to like maybe they're lefties i don't know like what, yeah, what, yeah, what like, box do we put them in yeah like uh it was just, it was just like a month ago jack posobic called a bunch of my friends antifa the <laughs> same the same week that it's going down called us right-wing terrorists and Love then it. a a turkish news uh organization that filmed a filmed the interview with me in louisville at the brianna taylor anniversary referred to us as a left-wing anarchist militia <laughs> it's like nobody knows what's going on <laughs> yeah and it's it's like like really fucking with everyone's minds like that is a great way to move the conversation along to something that's you know actually meaningful instead of this tribalism it's like okay what are you it's like well what are what are we to you you know like what do you what do you think of us as and okay well here's what we really believe and Fortunately, we, you know, we've managed to come up with our, our own wave of alternative media to actually say what we are, because right. <laughs> fuck knows, they're not going to say the right thing. I mean, even the article we, when we, we first heard of you <laughs> was, it, like you said, uh, before we started recording, it's already been fucked with. They've, they've gone back and changed things. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's, it's really telling, too, to like your guys' point about kind of where the, the movement kind of got weird and screwed up of... In the, in the very beginning, it was that, like, radical libertarian, like, anarchist kind of thing. And then uh, because of the election and everything, it attracted all of these, like, Trump people. Yeah. And they really lost the plot. And they hung around until the Garrett Foster thing. And the Garrett Foster thing is where they finally kind of realized, like, oh, this isn't for you. This isn't, like, some thin blue line thing, which always confused me because... <laughs> I, I bring this point up all the time when I'm arguing with liberals of like, they'll say some proud boy or some like ex cop or something was a boogaloo boy. And I, I just, I just go to Google and I Google boogaloo memes cops. And it's all about like <laughs> defending yourself from gun confiscation and like a cab posts and like all of this. And it's like, yeah, th this is what the movement was about. So it kind of sucked that it tracked all those FUDs and everything. But then when Garrett happened, that's kind of where they all started going away. And unfortunately, the movement has to deal with those people all the time because it's like every week it comes out that some like ultra nationalist racist idiot is like was like wearing boog patches or something. And I go look up the post and it's like, oh, yeah, that was like in, you know, April or May <laughs> where, the, where all these people got confused about what the whole point was of this movement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that was uh, that was a. Uh big moment of questioning for me and kind of I, I had to take a step back when that started happening because especially the Garrett Foster thing fucking wore me out and if you go back to around that time and listen to the episodes then I was bitching about it and I'm, I'm still gonna bitch about it so fuck you it's almost the anniversary um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild of how like all of these dudes just like roasted Garrett and started lying about everything that was going on with Garrett just because they assumed he was a lefty and then when they found out he wasn't a lefty they just said that they, that's when they started to say like, oh, the Boog movement's so stupid and it's lost its way and blah, blah, blah. And like all this, all this right wing narratives, it, it used to be so based and red pilled, but now it's just like this cringe anarchist thing. And it's like, no, this is what it always was. And the lies around Garrett are insane. It, like, yeah. oh, oh, he fired first. Uh, he was pointing the rifle at the guy. He was, he was trying to hurt him. He wanted to kill him. Like blah, blah, blah. The, the dude didn't drive into the protesters. Like all, all these easily proven lies and I, I, i'm with you i was losing my fucking mind <laughs> arguing with people on the internet of like 
literally taking the image and blowing it up and outlining the AK, pointing at the ground yep. and being like, he's not pointing the rifle at him. And people being like, oh, that, that ain't true. And it's like, look, use your eyes. He's literally pointing his rifle at the ground. Like, shut, and you can even hear Garrett in that video yelling at people to back off and get away from the car because Garrett's trying to figure out what's going on. And so, to see some kind of de-escalation or, you know. Yeah. Like, did anyone get ran over? Is anyone beating on this guy? What's going on? Like, you're the dude with a rifle being security. So he was doing security shit. And yeah, so it's like, I, I yeah, that was like the huge split in the movement. And honestly, it was for the best because a lot of those guys just didn't get the point. Like, it was, it, it was never supposed to be some, oh, we're going to go. I, like, I always bring up the examples like uh, there was a small number of people that like we need to go to Chaz and fight Antifa. And oh, like, Christ. Yeah. Why do you why do you care? <laughs> like, what it, do you mean? The, there, there was so many exhausting moments where it was it was litmus <laughs> test. It was just litmus test after litmus test where someone, you know, there'd be some kind of like lefty agitation that a lot of us thought was kind of cool. You know, it's like, well, fuck it. You know, like good for you guys. Just try not to not to hurt anyone innocent like you know fuck up the courthouse we don't give a shit right everyone everyone i knew in the movement that's still around it wasn't a fud was sharing pictures of the of the minneapolis police department yes. on fire with the mm-hmm. don't tread on me snake coming out of the flames uh, it was like yeah <laughs> that's that's in my uh my solo podcast intro <laughs> yeah that shit's awesome it's like I, it's in my intro to my podcast so like, <laughs> it's it was it was fucking historic i mean jesus christ when you look back at this period of time that will be in history books someday that, you know, well, yeah, well, that, that's, honest that's, history books at least. Right. And that's so funny. Cause that's another angle like shit libs used to attack us of, they bring up that one dude who got arrested for firing his AK into the police, that exact police building. <laughs> it's like proof that boogaloos are violent instigators. And I'm like, so he fired three rounds from his AK into a burning police station that had been burning for 15 minutes and people were posing in front of and he like, okay. <laughs> that, that, that's some return to monkey shit right there. The guy, the guy, the guy got caught up in the moment. <laughs> right. He just got, yeah, he just got too hyped, man. It's like, uh, I get it. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, like, honestly, I mean, who can blame him? But <laughs> our, yeah. our listeners in Langley right now are like, yep, that's going in the file. <laughs> yeah i mean it, 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 there, there's so many things like that like the garrett foster thing and then obviously like that to where when you point out to like rational actors on the left they're like oh wait you have you guys have been lied about like amazingly like to, to deep detail everything about you has been lied about and it's like yep yeah and th- that's that's been kind of like a saving grace and a damning thing because there's so much misinformation and you see like you know the red and black profile pictures uh, coming in and being like, oh, well, but you, you guys, uh, blah, 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 this and that. And you're like, okay, you, so I guess you're, you're meant to be anti-government, right? You're meant to be questioning the, the whole mainstream narrative and you're, but you're then taking it at face value when it suits your, you know, confirmation biases. And that's when, and it, obviously the same on the right where we had people, oh no, Garrett Foster was a communist. It's like, he was, if you, I checked his social media so quick. I, you know, I, yeah, I immediately went boom to his social media because yeah. I was like, but all, but only to take screenshots because I'd actually talked to Garrett a couple times before that because Garrett was involved in the Texas branch, which I was super close with. I was really close with Philip Archibald, was really close with like a lot of those people that ended up getting rolled <laughs> and arrested. So it's like, 
like I, I knew Garrett through that, through like all the Austin protests and all the Dallas protests and stuff like that. And I immediately went to his profile to take screenshots because I knew he was going to be lied about. Yep. And I was just flying around like being like, no, Garrett's not a Nazi. No, Garrett's not a communist. No, like I was just because I was unemployed, obviously, because of the lockdown. So I just like monkey mode on my phone <laughs> for 24 hours straight. Yeah. yeah. With people. <laughs> I, it, yeah. That that whole time period was something else give me ptsd just thinking about it <laughs> yeah yeah when you when you posted that on twitter uh yesterday i was it yesterday yesterday the day before i was like oh my christ i yep <laughs> i knew it was coming up i had that kind of gut feeling of like uh but um yeah, yeah. so that was that was like a big it was, it was a weird splintering moment because it was kind of like that oh you guys are actually leftists and then also all of this um dilution from the the disenfranchised and kind of uh pessimistic mega people who were like Oh well, this is all going down the shit. Well, you know we're gonna boog if uh, if Biden wins, <laughs> and and then of course it was hijacked that. Oh, it, it was a nice headline for a few outlets. Oh yeah, that's where this movement's going. Or that's what they've always been about. You know, no, never. It's it's so ridiculous to me. And like I said, like it doesn't matter how much documentation you show up. Like I have so many screenshots from uh, the Big Igloo Boys, which was the biggest page on Facebook. It had like what like thirty three thousand followers. And I have all these screenshots of my friend who ran that page uh, talking about how, like, we're not going to accept racists. We don't we don't like blow Trump around here. We're not Trump worshipers. We don't accept that. We don't like the cops, like just laying out everything about the movement that's always been there. And then people will be like, oh, that's just performative. And it's like, well, what the fuck? It's like if you if you go out to protest and get tear gassed and arrested, that's performative. <laughs> oh, post it, post even, your beliefs over that. and over again. That's performative. But then they'll like link to like six idiot Nazis in a discord chat on the other <laughs> side of the country and be like, see, this is what the poop represents. Well, that's what they did right before the, you know, the 2020 Virginia protest. They were, oh, these guys were like driving there and they meant they were bringing like guns and they're Nazis and, but, and also part of the boog movement. And you're like, Oh fuck you. Yeah. J- yeah. Right. Just like the, the pipe bombs that they found on January 6th, like fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's always been like ridiculous to me. And then obviously, you gotta keep in mind, some of these people are just lethally dumb. Like <laughs> I just, I just posted a video today because Matt Binder did a video exposing me and it's the most funny stuff ever. Cause he starts talking shit about Duncan and he's like, well, Duncan, uh, used the phrase phrase six Semper Tyrannis, which is the phrase that John Wilkes Booth said before he shot Lincoln, <laughs> which proves that Duncan was a Confederate sympathizer. And it's like, bro, you know where that word comes from? That phrase, uh, it's it's when Brutus killed Julius Caesar, <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's like, and it's on the flag of Virginia. Yeah, like, like being the the anti-tyrant is in the DNA of this country, and it's you're gonna hear that said a few times, mate. Like, welcome to reality. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it's just like 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 millennial shit libs that that have never read a book and don't understand anything, and they just don't. So they they obviously don't understand the movement, and. God forbid if you're like a black boog boy, which we have plenty of, and you try to argue with these people, and then they go to resorting that good old tactic of like, well, you're just a dumb minority that doesn't know what you're doing. It's yeah, like, like, hey, hey, I'm here to save you. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> like, you, you don't know what you're doing. You're oppressing yourself. It's so it cringes so much to look at, and it's funny too because the media, like, I, I've obviously always been radicalized on the media, but I became even more so after our event in October which is where like a lot of the pictures of us in Michigan and everything came from where we did a, an event in Lansing. And it was probably like one, one third, like POC, like one third, like gay people and women. And then like one third dudes and the cameras 
I, I swear to God, I've witnessed with my own eyes. I watched a journalist pan over the white people, duck the camera down <laughs> when it got to Darius, which is like a six foot five black man, and then pick the camera back up to film another white person. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, oh, like I knew you guys were a bunch of liars and propagandists, but I, I figured it was more the editors and not like active decisions in the moment. And that, that was the other thing of a, when they tried to paint me as a Trump supporter in one of my interviews on January 17th, uh, they were filming me talking to a Green Party guy that was there. And the Green Party guy asked me like, oh, who was your favorite politician? And I'm like, Vermin Supreme. And <laughs> they immediately turned the camera off because they're like, they were trying to paint us as Trump supporters. And they're like, oh, Vermin Supreme? Like that isn't, you can't, you can't sell boot on head anarchist as like. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, this guy's a MAGA guy, clearly. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Well, they, they they did the same thing to. I mean, I keep on bringing up Dridgy because he was he was fucking killing it in 2020. But um, he, there was like a photo of him and his kind of like cool group marching across the road. It was like an infamous video of the Richmond protest that went viral, and uh, it was like white supremacist militia in Richmond, Virginia, and two of the fucking guys in this group were black, and it's like. Oh, like literally in the video and then the title above it white supremacist militia you you motherfuckers are you yeah blind they, you? They, they, they did that same shit to darius and it was even worse because it was a zoomed in close-up shot of darius's <laughs> face <laughs> so literally like like huge black man and they're in the article was white supremacist linked movement in lansing michigan and here's this picture of darius it's like but then again people eat that up because they're just they don't they don't think about anything yeah, and then the second you like turn around and call these journalists out, or like like you know really call them liars and shit, they'll be like, "Oh, that's defamation." You know what you could do to my job? Like, fuck you, dude. Stop, stop being goddamn liars. It's, it's stop, yeah, stop being and, a and, and, propaganda mouthpiece. And you're you're seeing you're seeing the same thing with uh, Johnny Hurley. Of like, there's so much smears against Johnny, and Johnny's like the least hateable person on the internet that I can find. Like, this dude hippie dude played in a band like super involved in his community did a bunch of like organizing and like activism for a bunch of stuff like everyone loved him and then you're starting to see like jj McNabb and all of these like twitter people be like far right extremist johnny hurley defends the police and dies and it's like oh, Christ. oh my when I, when I, uh, who was who was that um extremist yeah, JJ McNabb. Yeah, she, yeah. She also but, known as the woman who's blocked everyone on Twitter. <laughs> I, I wonder if she's blocked me yet. I I, I would be amazed. She's probably that. listening to this episode. <laughs> I hope so. That fucking Ber- <laughs> that fucking Berkeley cunt, and I mean that in the European sense as an equal opportunity. I'll call I'll call everyone under the sun a cunt if they're doing that kind of stuff. Man, this is so frustrating. Yeah, it's pretty much pretty much she's built her. She's built her career off of whenever one of us dies, she jumps in, jumps on Twitter and talks a bunch of shit about us, about how bad people we were. She did it. She did it to Duncan. She did it to Garrett. And now she's doing it to Johnny Hurley. And it's like, wow. Her post starts out, the good guy with the gun was a right-wing anarcho-capitalist <laughs> who hated cops. And then she just goes on to, like, dredge up more tr- Attempted dirt, yeah. Attempted dirt, I guess. And then she's like, "Normally, I wouldn't do this, but you know." <laughs> like, and she didn't really justify it. It was just like, "Normally, I wouldn't do this." It's like we could fill in the blanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my ass. Normally, I wouldn't do this. Fuck you. That you did. You, she did the same thing to Garrett Foster. She did the same thing to Garrett Foster. You can go back to her thread about Garrett Foster, and where she was like, "He's a boogaloo boy." He was part of like a radical thing. He was probably only there protecting his girlfriend, even though there's like tons of posts and videos mm-hmm. of him explaining exactly why he was there. 
It's like, you bastard. <laughs> I hate that woman with deep passion. I'm unashamed. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Anyone who's who makes a living off of, like, talking shit about people actually... Like, you study people, like, give you an entire career. <laughs> like, fair enough. Write about us from some kind of, like, unbiased kind of objective standpoint as a historian. Perfectly valid. Important, even. But, but I mean, really... It's all such a such a fucking sham. These people. Oh, I'm a I'm a extremist expert. No, you're not. You're just another <laughs> another opinion piece writer. You know, that's all most of these journalists are. Yeah, like she she only had one good moment where she li- listed out that there is very few actual white supremacists <laughs> in and they're and that they're dramatically outnumbered by like libertarians and anarchists. So she was good on that. But Thank fuck. But then, like, she, she, I also think it's just a deliberate calculation because she mm-hmm. knows that just calling everyone a Nazi isn't effective. So she just tries to make us look like a different kind of right wing extremist. So. Yeah. Well, what was it you said, Mel? Like, every time she puts one of those posts, she's probably like making a list of every single person that quote tweets her and then just waiting yeah, for us right? to fucking die. <laughs> yeah. So, so she could, so she could dredge up everything yeah. because, because she was, because she infiltrated the Big Igloo Boys chat on, uh, I think it. I think it was. I used to see her screenshots of that, and I wondered yeah. how she was doing it. Wait, wait, wait! Infiltrated. We invite people into these things. No, that, 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 that's what I mean, though. Is like she was pretending <laughs> to be somebody else. It wasn't like JJ McNabb has joined the chat. Uh, okay. yeah. well, 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 what, what I'm saying is, it's so fucking easy to get into right, these groups, yeah. and it's, but that's also it's why awful. it's so funny. Why they act like it's some big gotcha? Oh like, yeah, yeah. Like they always, they always uh, use screenshots from my public Facebook that got deleted, and they're like, <laughs> "Look at, look at this crazy stuff this guy believed." And my my favorite one, my favorite one of all time is they use this image that I do not understand how a rational human being looks at it and not realizes what's going on. <laughs> it's it's a picture, it's a picture, it's a screenshot of my Facebook, and it was during the toilet paper shortage. And it's like, "Are you out of po- toilet paper? Here's your approved." Uh, substitutes and it was the flag of the third reich the <laughs> confederate flag the the trump flag the thin blue line flag the flag of the soviet union and then the anti-fascist <laughs> flag and these people unironically post that and be like proof that magnus is a racist oh my fuck <laughs> and i'm like how <laughs> i wipe my ass with a flag of nazis and confederates i'm secret white supremacist uh, i don't know I, I think this is a dog whistle guys <laughs> must address the butt to nazi pipeline I don't, I don't understand it but yeah it's 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 ridiculous and it's been going through so many of that but thankfully like more people are calling it out um the whole thing about the gretchen whitmer kidnapping case with the watchmen that was actually lefties that broke that the entire thing was a fed op that like from start to finish almost everything involving the whitmer case was a bunch of federal informants like pushing people and and providing like materials to the people and trying to get them to do this and it's like awesome like <laughs> a really good book that um everyone should read on that terror factory yeah that's a good one. i can't remember the author right now but the, F- the fbi foils fbi terror plot book <laughs> yeah <laughs> terror factory yeah. that is by trevor aronson is that sound right yeah, I think so. Everybody should buy that and read it. A groundbreaking work of investigative journalism inside the FBI's manufactured war on terrorism. Yep. 
Yeah, like like the whole, it was just like a couple months ago where it came out that they posed as women on Tinder to get some like mentally mm-hmm. perturbed Muslim man to try to shoot up a bunch of like schools or something in Jesus Michigan. And then and, and like literally like I love you, I love you, babe. I want you to be more radical and as an FBI <laughs> agent. And th- the best part is when he refused to do it, that's when they arrested him. Mm-hmm. There was so like, they're, per- they're perfectly fine with him actually going out and doing it, but the moment he told them to fuck off, that's when he got arrested. <laughs> there was I'm a gun just- in Ferguson that they did it to, where like he never would have come up with certain ideas on his own, but they were pushing him and pushing him and pushing him, and finally he's like, okay, and they arrested him, and then they're like patting themselves on the back for foiling the terror plot that they caused. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, all the like all the terrorism charges have been dropped on the Watchmen because it came out that the 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 key piece of evidence they used in that case is that they had a training exercise where they all got together and they essentially like larped out how they were going to do this <laughs> the the property was owned by the fed informant the exercise <laughs> was led by the for- fed oh informant all the materials were provided by the fed informant and the main guy didn't even want to go, but was nagged into it and called a coward and like kind of like dude peer pressured by the other Fed informant to go. So it's like, so so the judge was immediately like, I can't charge these dudes with terrorism. There's no proof that they actually would go through with this or even really wanted to in the first place. So it, all the terrorism charges got dropped. It's fucking insane. And it's not like this is a new tactic. I mean, this was the entirety of the 90s and before that, you know, it's always been bring them 95% of the way and then like nudge them, nudge them, nudge them. Hey, that's a terrorist. We have a reason to exist. (laughs) You're welcome, America. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that whole the whole Waco thing, the whole Ruby Ridge thing, like like there's a thousand examples of, of this is all their fault <laughs> yet they get credit and, and people get slandered and smeared for it. And then when people call us out online, like, Oh, you guys are violent. It's like, all right, well, uh, yeah, sure. Show me some headlines. Show, show me your evidence and everything. You're like, Oh yep. Bad, bad, <laughs> literally proven yeah. to be feds. I could, I could literally go through every single one of them. So the, the only one they got for sure, that's like legit. Well, well, the only two they got for sure. That's legit is the Steven Carrillo thing. Because, I don't know, that dude just seemed to be off his handle and was just looking for an excuse. And he found it here, and he did some crazy stuff, and I think it was stupid, so that's that. And then you have the person we mentioned that fired into a burning police station (laughs) that was already on fire. Then you you have the Nevada, the Las Vegas dudes that were arrested with Molotovs. Yeah, with Molotovs in the car that were created by the FBI agent, brought with by the FBI agent, and then arrested by the FBI. You have... uh, Teeter up in Minneapolis, who was approached by a FBI agent pretending to be an agent of Hamas. <laughs> and then Teeter was like, well, was trying to get Teeter to sell him weapons. And Teeter sold him solvent traps that you could buy off of Amazon. <laughs> and the, the, then the FBI arrested him <laughs> and then ran around saying like the best they ran around the media saying that we were trying to work with Hamas, leaving out the detail that. There was no Hamas. It was, just, <laughs> it was just a Fed. And then the Watchmen thing, which was obviously, like I just said, that, that was a giant Fed op. <laughs> and that's it. That's all they have of the Boogaloo movement doing like anything wrong. And like, yeah, four out of six of them were deliberately the FBI. And one of them was was no big deal and is so overblown and stupid. So all they have is Carrillo, but they don't even talk about Carrillo, which is the weird part. So... 
yeah it's probably probably because he wasn't a white dude so that's awkward <laughs> yeah seriously like they it, when when they finally get their gotcha they don't want it to not fit their narrative like oh fuck all that work and oh we well i, I guess we can't call them white supremacists how i do i do i do see do see really weird occasional anti-fascist accounts on twitter that i'm convinced are feds that will say like oh it's proof that they're racist because carillo killed a black cop and it's like um and a, and a white cop and glancing down your twitter page you you post videos of of people like throwing like explosives at black cops so i don't i don't believe you <laughs> I, I think you're full of shit so yeah so that, that kind of leads me to a question seeing it's 2021 this movement's been going on like solidly since 2019 at least you know like in-person protests and stuff kind of that's when it really started to heat up and um so at this point in time what do you think about do you think there's any fuel left in the boob movement as like a entity or do you think it's time to evolve um a little bit of both little column a little kill column b um i definitely think that the things are dying down a little bit right now because it's like a honeymoon period of biden and but people are really quick starting to wake up to like how I mean, it was like day two of the Biden administration. You had all these liberals be like, oh, my God, what did I vote for? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like, but like you're, you're seeing the stuff with the with like expanded bombing and them getting really hard on the gun control and stuff like that. So like that's the bread and butter butter of the boob movement. So you're starting to see for the first time since like the big split in Garrett Foster, like new people coming into the movement, because for a while it had like not counting all the the Trump people like all of us are like old in this movement, you know, like all of us have been around forever. You don't really get like a new, a lot of like fresh blood, but a yeah. re- lot recently they, there, there'll be protests that happen that I don't even know anyone there, which had never happened before. Like I almost knew everyone at every single event over like the last year. And, and now there's starting to be ones where it's like, Oh, there's like 30 boogs in Texas and I don't recognize a single one of them. That's weird. So that's, that's cool. But I do think it needs to evolve in terms of like the praxis, and that's why I bring up like agorism and stuff like that, and how, like, how we go about organizing, how we handle stuff, and also our what what exactly we're targeting, because the whole boog thing was very gun control focused, and there's a lot more to be mad about. And yeah. Getting people to realize how much there is to be mad about is really important. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of. Um... A lot of people were doing a good job when they were speaking to like the media and stuff. They weren't just saying, I'm here because I'm pissed about my gun rights. It was it was a lot. And it was like, well, you know, everyone needs to be armed or like needs to be in favor of being armed because we live under state violence. And that was something that damn near, even like re- people real new to it, that was kind of the thing that, you know, turned them from whatever disenfranchised thing they were before into someone who was interested in the Boogaloo movement. I completely lost my train of thought. That's fucking strange. um well oh oh my god mel we got we got two fucking co-hosts with brain damage now that's bad (laughs) that's really bad thank you thank you concussions um god where the fuck was i going with that are you really are you really a boog if you don't have mild lead poisoning and a couple concussions uh that's a that's a minor point i want to i want to touch on like there was a weird moment where it changed from, oh yeah, boog boys, the boys, you know, all this. And then it was just like, oh yeah, boogs. And I was like, what the? Because I, I never heard Boogaloo boys saying that. I just heard journalists saying that, which really, yeah. it kind of, and, and then after a certain amount of time, people were like, oh, I guess we're boogs. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And, and it, I mean, like, even that, like in the, in the real beginning, like it was, 
it wasn't even Boogaloo Boys. It was Booja Hadim. That was the <laughs> thing people were trying to push a lot. That, that was something um, Pooh actual. More radical. Do what? I think just because Booja Hadim sounds more radical. Yeah. yeah. And also, like, like I, I wish we would have stuck with that because just the fact that it was the Boogaloo Boys, it got a lot of... Lot of misrepresentation with proud boys all the time it's like every other bad article about us i go look at every single picture or the event they're describing is a bunch of proud boys and i'm like uh where's 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 the meme patches where the where's the hawaiian shirts where's the no step on snack like i don't see any of this this is just a bunch of like chuds like what do you mean yeah that, that's that's the thing that really kind of um Set us apart from the the previous kind of 2016 and and culture war street brawling thing that was going on for a while, and and then when uh, when people started wearing you know real body armor, not just fucking empty plate carriers, and then carrying a, a wooden bat with a flag on it to a protest, but people you know people were turning up armed and actually like looking pretty pretty decently equipped, and then you got these proud <laughs> these proud boys standing around you know with their um special ed helmets and all that other shit yeah um it, it was it was funny that they kind of made fun of boob boys and shit it's like you guys are turning up looking like i just just fucking losers you know you'd find Always. that at a dive bar at 3am or something and and these guys actually look equipped and like they know what they're doing and i i don't know it was it was strange how those previous protests, when they were street brawls, I guess they were, you know, not not to belittle them, but they were much safer in terms of, like, how much you could escalate. A few people pulled out guns and stuff, and, like, there, there was incidents, you know, left and right protesters previously pulled guns on each other. But for the most part, it was just fucking street brawling and, you know, a, a bunch of people who just wanted to fight the the tribal opposition right and i mean it was also better in the beginning because it was mostly mutual mutual combat like a bunch <laughs> of proud boys would show up and a bunch of anti-fascists would show up and they would be explicitly to beat the shit out of each other <laughs> yeah and th that was, and it that was like was all right of... like like do your thing guys i guess like, you know? yeah and, and what kind of the uh the new refreshing of like armed protesting did in this country protests were more heavily armed but often a lot more peaceful which, yes. which was really interesting to see. And it's, you know, like uh, what we were pushing at the height of the um, kind of like Boog BLM crossover that went to went to shit as the media got involved was uh, armed protesters don't get gassed. And it was fucking true. You'd see a line of guys with rifles and body armor facing a line of people with uh, fucking, well, yeah, a line of cops, you know? And they wouldn't want to shoot at the protesters because that would be escalating. You don't want to shoot gas at a bunch of a bunch of guys with usually body armor rifles and gas masks better, better rifles better body armor Special <laughs> <Yes. laughs> like, gas mask it was fucking it was fucking awesome and that, that 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 famous story of that dude who showed up to go help the national guard in like san francisco or whatever and they oh immediately, they immediately spotted it was like edward, edward wong or something yeah, they immediately yeah. spotted him out because he had like 20 grand of just Gucci gear and like nods and like the super Gucci'd out rifle. And they're like, uh, I'm not with the national guard. Like, like I don't, I don't like to point and laugh at anyone doing armed protesting, but I will fucking point and laugh at that, that bootlicker. He was like a, like a famous, uh, semi-famous airsoft kind of guy who had friends in the, in the tactical world. And <laughs> but yeah. for those who, who don't remember, um, or yeah. didn't hear, 
But um, and then he he went out to join the National Guard to help them with their uh, like all the the riots and shit, <laughs> and got himself arrested because he scared the shit out of them. Yeah, he was like, what the fuck is this? He, guy? he just started like like walking around like like the new kid at school who didn't know how to make friends. Poor bastard. Yeah, like another like to continue bringing up like the point of why I think all that going to shit is actually to our benefit and is for a good thing now is. A lot of people are, are digging through the history now, like particularly left wing people. Like I'm, I'm good friends with like the Convo Couch and like Jimmy Dore people and stuff like that. They're digging through these histories, and they're seeing the proof that like we were welcomed more or less with open arms at all of these BLM events in the very beginning. Yeah. Until the media saw that, and then by extension, like the establishment saw that, and they're like, "Oh, hey, there's like a bunch of like armed libertarians and anarchists, like." meeting up and joining arms with like BLM protesters and like, like anarcho communists and stuff. And they're yeah, complaining pan- about the like same modern thing. Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they immediately like shut it down. And like, uh, I forget who it was. Somebody did a breakdown video, but they, they looked at the timeline of like mentions of the Boogaloo movement. And it was literally like nothing, nothing, nothing. And then, Oh, well there's this weird group we don't really understand. And then, boom like explosion literally hundreds of articles from every single one borderline copying each other talking about how like well, how bad we are and how evil we are and everything <laughs> and then a lot of idiots just took the bait on that and it the relationship did kind of fall <laughs> apart but also in some places like, like i said like louisville it never fell apart fell apart like louisville uh united pharaoh's guard which is what they decided to go by after like the media spears instead of just calling themselves boogs they're like well we're the pharaoh's guard so they they like were out for I think 236 of the 365 days of protests during wow. all the smears and everything. And that that was one of the things that actually led to CTES and all of the uh BLM organizers there and even Brianna Taylor's mother like coming out and talking shit about the BLM organization and saying they never did anything for them mm. and that they're a bunch of liars and fucked them over was because they because they were seeing how like their allies were being treated and they were getting really mad about it because you know a lot of the a lot of the boogs in louisville were like shot at and arrested and like gassed and and like like it was a war zone there uh they were like i forget what exactly i think it was like the 132nd day of protest the the uh, local police were throwing flashbangs out of helicopters on the protesters. Jesus <laughs> so it's like, like it was some real shit going down in Louisville and the media refused to talk about it. And then they stopped talking about Breonna Taylor, probably because they couldn't go to any of these protests without seeing a fuck ton of armed people. And not just us, like NFAC, Panthers, John Brown Gun Club, like all these different armed groups. And it's hard to push your gun control narrative when you see that. Yeah. So they just, they just stopped talking about Brianna and then everyone all the protesters there caught wind of that and got pissed. So even though it sucked to live through that smear campaign, I do believe it's it's slowly but surely blowing up in their face and it's a good thing in in the long run. Yeah, I mean people are people are realizing they were lied to and like in the in the wake of uh of Biden and Harris being elected, I mean, they were like, "Oh, well that's our solution, you know, they'll fix the police brutality." And then when the political solution didn't work, they're like, "Oh, maybe we've been lied to for a really long fucking time yeah and as, as michael malice says like once once that box is open it's not closing again no, like no, once, no. once people like see with their own eyes and genuinely accept that they've been massively bullshitted they can't go back to like believing anything <laughs> yeah it was like so you managed to divide and conquer us and we're not you know be, be, not that they saw it from that angle at the time but afterwards in retrospect they're like oh 
well, they fucking weakened our movement. They they took away this like organic unity that was happening, and, and pit everyone against each other, and, and just returned it to tribalistic squabbling that didn't do anyone any good. Yeah. Especially from like a lefty perspective, like if you if you put your brain into like a lefty person and start thinking of everything and working class and stuff like that, they get even more mad because it becomes perfectly <laughs> yeah. honest that they literally just like put walls between poor people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, th- these guys are going out and getting shot at, gassed, flashbang. They're, they're giving, like, medical aid. They're putting themselves in front of unarmed protesters. And, and then they get vilified. And then to, to the point that, you know, in, in many places, they couldn't even show up. Uh, BLM organizer would, like, outright disavow them. Even though the organic movement was, you know, in, in many places, really cool of them. The official movement, <laughs> which had been so fucking co-opted and became part of the machine... Yeah, I mean, I mean, Mrs. bought her third house and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous. It, that, that was that was a not to drag us back into the Garrett Foster thing. Although I guess uh, if we want to change gears and go into more the the upcoming marches, protests, and all that, um, Garrett Foster, the the big thing with people like, oh, he was a communist, so who cares? And that that fucking splintering was largely due to him marching with BLM. Oh, BLM is a self admitted Marxist organization, and and all of the people are like trained marxists it's like okay uh organizers and what a what a nice way to co-opt a movement is to put a tm at the end of blm and be like oh no this is all blm is it's not a bunch of people pissed off of being killed for you know the color of their skin and being harassed more heavily heavily than other people it's 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 really hard to talk to right-wingers because like it's something you don't notice unless you go on the ground, which was kind of the, the upside of the Stop the Steal events is you actually had conservatives like going into the real world and interacting like <laughs> with the real world and seeing what's going on. But it's like there's six off, off the top of my head. There's probably more. There's six different BLM organizations just in Michigan. Two of them fucking hate each other <laughs> another one of them doesn't really get along with the others and then the other the other three have like a wide variety like variety of, of tactics from one wanting to be like explicitly peaceful mostly like white house moms and like more wealthy black people and another one being like borderline like move bombing like kind of <laughs> movement so it's like trying to explain these conservatives are like it's not a monolith and yeah. that's the, that's the argument with everything. It's like the boog is not a monolith. The three percenters are not a monolith. Like BLM is not a monolith. And even Antifa, like people get particularly on the right, get really screwed up about me working with anti-fascists or like liking anti-fascists or being friends with them. And it's like, stop thinking like a collectivist. Like I'm yeah. not saying I'm not saying all of them are cool. In fact, I still believe a lot of them are like performative Twitter assholes that dox everybody. But there's cool people there and if you don't be like a tribalist collectivist and you like open like approach people like open heart and like talk to people then you can find the cool people and that's why even in that interview i'm like there's some places where we're cool with the local threepers because they're closer to our ideology than like bootlicking yeah. but then there's other places where the threepers most of them are cops <laughs> you know? so yeah like, the but- relationship is totally different <laughs> yeah you, you go from like oath keepers and like all of that bullshit all the way up to people who are, you know, where there's no kind of um, more libertarian militia movement. It's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm a libertarian. Some some even call themselves ANCAPs and they belong to like a threeper organization. And it's it's such a fucking mixed bag. And like you said, with, with, with Antifa, it's the same thing. Right. Yeah. People just don't understand Antifa either to where like, I, I know, I know people in the movement that are, are that are legit like Ron Paul libertarians 
And then there's like explicit like communists and then there's like liberals and like Biden supporters. And like it's a huge spread of ideology and stuff like that because it's decentralized. And and a lot of people can't wrap their heads around decentralized stuff. And I mean, a lot of boog people in general during the whole clusterfuck period kept trying to like organize and get like elected officials and like leadership and, and command structure. And it's like, no, dude, that's not what this is about. Like, yeah. Stop. <laughs> there was periods like in the very early days of like the boog memes when people were like you know actually starting to hear like oh no go out and train make groups you know like like do actual practical shit instead of just shit posting and um and and then it was like okay well <laughs> what do we need a uniform it's like <laughs> no, no that's a good please. point yeah, there was that, that, that whole there was that whole group, the United States Boogalier Corps or whatever, <laughs> that tried to set up like state chapters and like have like uniforms oh, and God. leadership. And thankfully, like the the anarchist part of the boog has always been so strong that whenever anyone tried to do that, we just like laughed at them and, and called them stupid names and like booed them out of out of the movement. <laughs> yeah, it, the, it, and, it happened. Like yeah, like decentralization was always the strongest part of of this movement it, you know it galvanized people to to go out and do something and the fact that it was like no you need to go out and do something was what made it so effective it's not like oh no go and sign up for this chapter join the email list you know like the facebook group and then turn up on sunday it's like no you have to fucking figure it out yeah, <laughs> which like it's, is it's, very it's anarchist yeah if you you do things and that that's like been the hardest part of the uh like the second fracturing of the movement for lack of a better term is when the whole mike dunn catastrophe went down which that's just a whole fucking different story i could spend a whole podcast talking about uh pe- people immediately afterwards were like well who's the new leader of the boob who's the new figurehead of the boob <laughs> oh it's, it's magnus i don't like magnus blah 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 and i'm sitting here yelling at these guys being like if you thought mike dunn was a leader and you were following mike dunn as a leader then you forgot the point and you're stupid and you're probably all going to get arrested stop looking for a leader like yeah. And the moment I got pushed into kind of like this spokesperson slash most widely known person in the movement, I immediately stopped organizing. Like I'm, I will have no, <laughs> I will have nothing to do with planning any like boog related protest or like, go, like I'll, I'll go to events as just a person, but like, yeah. I don't want anything to do with like the actual putting things together because that's how you, you, you get recode and go to federal prison. So it's like, yeah, I mean the, the most minor thing, some stupid fucking joke. And then all of a sudden it's evidence and, and then they'll pursue you like, Oh, well we could turn this into something. And yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the best way to handle it at this point. Like so many people, they, they, they make a good speech and then people are like, okay, well you're our leader now. And yeah, all goes to fucking shit from there. Yeah. And I, I have to literally yell at some people in the, cause that happened with with uh my door getting kicked in which i posted all about of people started like commenting like no magnus don't get arrested we need you like we we, like you don't understand how much you mean to this movement and that shit made me like physically ill i'm like no like that's not the point like don't ever view it that way like that's that's so wrong do not think of me that way don't put me on that pedestal because not only do i not (laughs) like it not only do i not like it but i think it's insulting to like people like you guys and other people that are doing stuff of like denying it's insulting to yourself, like denying the own power you have. Cause all I did was I sat the night before January 17th on Google drive and typed up a speech off the top of my head. And then I went and read it off my phone. Yeah. 
There's nothing unique or special about that. Anyone could something. Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, anyone could do that. But what, what were you gonna say? Okay, so um, the whole calling uh, boogaloo people like boogs, I actually like that because before I had no idea what to call them. I'd always be like people who believe in the boog or practitioners. People, people love boog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the boys, then, Mel. Come on. Yeah. Well then, um, so, like, I guess if you don't name your movement, maybe it gets named for you. But that's not yeah. the worst thing. However, I was listening to your podcast and you said I am the boog, and I'm like, oh my god, he's really embracing that role as like the spokesperson. And then um, I realized that that's that's not what that meant. You were saying on that podcast, like you were yeah. the boogaloo person, but at first I was like. Wow, that's so many, so many, so many people got weird about that. And like, yeah, I was just, I was referring to it in that way of like, well, I think we were talking about domestic extremism or whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm the boog here. Like, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it's like, you know, that's a like a person who practices boogaloo politics or whatever you want to call it. Right. This is really gross. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now I get it. Yeah, and and I I don't know like that that sucks that like that's gotten so widespread, and that's why I make it like a deliberate thing to post like almost every other week of like, hey, by the way, I'm not the leader, I don't do anything, I couldn't tell any of these people to fucking do anything; they would laugh at me. <laughs> and 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 I mean like obviously like like the the more funny stuff of like, oh, if you're boogaloo boys, then what are the girls in the movement? I'm like, they're boys too. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a boy. <laughs> like that that's got. <laughs> Yeah, that's no, not so kidding. I mean, in, a, in a lot of cases, yes, unfortunately, but <laughs> that uh, that whole the whole uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World thing, where it's like Crash and the Boys, and they have a girl drummer, and it's like, is the is the girl a boy too? And they're like, yeah, <laughs> she, she flips them off, and it's like exactly. <laughs> that, that's the energy we need. <laughs> um. I've never heard of a girl in the Boogaloo ever correct the Boogaloo Boys saying, but there's or like throw a fit about it or anything like. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nah, one, one of the lads, you know? That's. <laughs> instead, instead of boint at penis, it's boint at pussy. So. <laughs> well, that, that could still be male. <laughs> boint at <laughs> pussy. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> um, By the way, uh, there, there, was a, there was a second one who failed that challenge. So. Failed what? what the, the boint thing. I don't oh. know. Oh! Um, the the, the point loaded guns at yes. Thing. Oh, and um, there was that there was Vice article where it's like uh the internet gun owners hail <laughs> man who shot himself in the nuts as, yes. as their king. That was a whole article that got written. And then uh yeah, recently someone else did that. Uh, he goes by Half Sack Will on Twitter. So you know, don't I, point loaded guns at your dicks, kids. Like <laughs> I, I honestly, I honestly respect Vice regained a little bit of my respect for that absolute shit post of an article reporting. <laughs> On shippers, I was like, you know what? Fair enough. You're actually covering something fucking weird and dumb, and that's what you used to do. So thank you. Yeah, we don't do that anymore. No, somebody <laughs> yeah. won. Yeah, I, I, I guess we just talk about, um, you know, divisionism and all that kind of shit. Yeah, but yeah, um, I guess yeah. To our, to our original point, we got so far off the track. Uh, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's no official Garrett Memorial event planned, but I'm trying to get it together. The only issue is I live in Michigan. Texas is very far away, so I have to like get the Texas people to kind of do stuff about that. And I'm trying to get a hold of uh, his widow to kind of get her blessing because she was cool with us and everything. But that's that's something that's going on. 
And then there's the Johnny Hurley event, which uh, isn't put on by Boogs. It's actually put on by one of the many splinter factions that, that mm. broke off after the Garrett Foster thing. But uh, we're cool now. And uh, they're, they're organizing that. That's He goes by uh, Felix Loot Crew on Twitter. He's organizing that there. And that's actually looking to get a lot of traction from like locals and in the gun community, like firearm policy coalition, like shared it out and like Adam, Adam Kokesh and like Luke from we are change are like interested in it. So that, that might actually be kind of the return to form of the Boogaloo movement. Seeming things have kind of like mellowed out. Yeah. I mean, it'll be a chance for people to get together in person and, you know, talk about real shit where you you know, you feel a little bit safer when you're, face-to-face instead of, you know, in some chat room or something. But um, for, for people who don't know about John Hurley, which you know, there, there might be a few, um, or the specifics of this, uh, it's not just another cop shooting. Uh, so there was a, a mass shooter, and John Hurley, a, uh, you know, we described him earlier, or that fucking Berkeley cunt described him earlier as a, an anarcho-capitalist, and he was like a, you know, libertarian activist, um, Boog, 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 adjacent. Like it doesn't. Appear yeah, like, 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 gr- like friendly. Yeah, it doesn't appear that he ever went on the ground in like Hawaiian with a gun. But like he shared all the memes and like people in the area said they they vaguely knew him. Yeah, that were in the movement. So like, so, ha- so he, hashtag one of us. <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. Um. So he was like inside some army navy surplus store, as much cover and concealment as he could need, and heard gunfire and dropped everything. And he, you know, he was carrying, uh, ran to respond to it. And he confronted the shooter, shot him dead with his handgun, and then presumably went to clear the shooter's rifle. And that's when police show up, because they always show up late to these things. And uh, as he was you know, clearing the rifle, they shot him dead, thinking he was the shooter, I guess. That's uh, the we- police story. I don't yeah. know if I believe that, to be honest. but yeah. Well, but I mean, like at, at best, it's just a severe lack of, uh, you know, like threat identification training, which I'm sure every fucking department in this country has because they barely qualify on their Glocks. Um, but yeah, and they're, we... and they're and they're just they're 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 cowards. Like I hate I hate when the police are called brave because I always bring up this example because it was like the most crystal clear like performance of of why cops are cowards to where in louisville at the brianna taylor anniversary they were doing a march like through the streets around around brianna taylor square and the cops had blocked off like multiple angles to try to screw with the protesters so essentially what we were doing like what we were tasked by the organizers to do was stand at intersections as the protest went on and make sure no cars came and drove through and just like be you know security and I walked up to this one police barricade because we were kind of leapfrogging intersection to intersection. Like the next guy would come up, tap my shoulder, then I'd go to the next intersection. So I walk up to this intersection and there's three cop cars parked sideways in the middle of the road. There's seven officers that are in full kit, like level four plates, rifles, everything like that, standing in front of their cars. And then here's little old Magnus with, with, with my body armor, my AR, and I stand across from them. And this cop, like, was shaking so visibly <laughs> and kept going from, like, like relaxed to, like, low ready to relax yeah. while looking at me. And he was so obviously physically uncomfortable. Meanwhile, I'm standing there with my hands on top of, like, the butt of my rifle while it's hanging from the sling, smoking a cigarette and just, like, 
looking at them and like <laughs> waving like are you guys okay because they were they're terrified and it's like bro you got the numbers advantage <laughs> like, like you're, you're you're in cover and i'm literally just like a dude like standing here and you're freaking out i mean like like you're standing there with with multiple dudes and the monopoly on violence on your side and <laughs> you're I, panicking they, and they don't know they don't know how to deal with it it's, it's a very fucking new thing that they have to confront you know perfectly legal fully kitted up people uh, protesting and i fucking love armed protesting really for any issue i think if and, and you know that that's how it should be in a society if if you want to make a point and you're afraid of uh someone coming down on you especially the state and saying you you can't say that and then you stand there with a rifle and plates and say anyway you're, you're a lot fucking safer and you're uh at a lot lower risk of of being stopped making you a point you know and it's gonna keep things peaceful generally yeah. But yeah, like, these, these cops have this war on cops narrative. Which, like, yeah. if, if anyone's seen uh, Carrie Wedler's video of debunking the war on cops, it's so good. I highly recommend oh, it. It's I, just like a, yes. a giant crock of shit. But they're they're convinced and trained this. And that's why like the the Hurley case hits close to me. And I feel like it hits close to a lot of other people in the movement. Because well, it could remind- be any of us. Yeah, because it's reminding us a lot of what happened to Duncan. If you look at the timeline. So... When it like the very first like in the moment reporting, all it said was that there was an active shooter and that they were killed by police. And that's all they said. Yes, which, it's fine. Yeah. It, it just it just came out like the details are going to be there. The next day, the police reported that there was two shooters and that the police that that the officer died and then another officer neutralized both shooters. So twenty four hours later. They already know the details of who John Hurley is. They've looked at the security footage. They've talked to the officers on the scene. Like they've talked to eyewitnesses who were already talking to the media. They knew John Hurley wasn't a shooter. But in their official statements to the media, they said there was two shooters. So then day three comes along, and that's when people start start like picking up, like Luke from We Are Changed and everything, start picking up that John Hurley was in the movement, and they started digging into this. And they found eyewitnesses talking about how John Hurley stopped the guy and all that. And that's when people started going after the cops. And the cops were like, well, we don't know what happened. We'll let you know. And they sat on that information for three days. And then finally they were like, well, yeah, an officer shot John Hurley and he was a hero and he was great. And uh, we'll release information when we know. And it's like, oh, okay. So you lied. <laughs> you, you explicitly lied about what happened. And if, and if there wasn't proof to show that you were lying, then you guys would have just kept up the lie. Yeah, and, and then it, this is post Duncan Lamp, post Breonna Taylor. Yeah, like we like I've I've gone through this rigmarole like multiple times, so I know what to look for. And then, like two days after that, they release the security footage of the officer getting killed, and they say that's the only footage they have. And then, you know, again, thing uh, <laughs> recurring theme: none of the officers had body cams, apparently. So, but they released the footage of the officer getting killed but did not release any of the footage of what happened to john hurley and they explicitly said that we're, we're withholding this information while it goes through an internal investigation <laughs> while we so cover like, our asses <laughs> so it's like okay so if the police version of the story the guy runs to his car gets an ar-15 ambushes the officer kills him starts shooting at other pedestrians and officers and then john hurley comes out shoots the guy goes over grabs his rifle another officer runs up to the scene makes a big mistake thinking John Hurley was a shooter and kills John Hurley. Okay, if that's what happened, you have video evidence of that. There's yeah. security cameras on every single one of those. The Army surplus store is covered in security cameras. You have the information. 
So why aren't you releasing it? Anytime there's a shooting with the cops, if they are justified in what they're doing, the body cam, the security footage, the, the local everything comes out within like 24, 48 hours. They've sat on this information for a week and a half and refused to release it. So it's like, what's going on, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and like the second we we learned that it was a, you know, from, from the word that it was a good Samaritan uh, that initially stopped the shoot, it was like, okay, well, this is clearly fucky because the cops haven't said anything about that. Mm-hmm. And, and then it turns out, you know, like, like I, I started seeing it doing the rounds almost separately from from that news about people, you know, mourning and people who knew him in the community are like, oh, yeah, you know, a good man died. And then they'd be linking to the article and be like, they're lying about this. It's like, oh, fuck, not again. Yeah. And it, it, it's 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 Duncan all over again to where like we know they have like I don't I don't I don't believe them to this day with the Duncan Webb situation that there's no body cam. footage. Oh, fuck. There. No, dude. I do not believe them because not I've seen the body cam footage inside the goddamn apartment. And you're telling me that the officers that booted the door didn't have a body cam. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to have the, the cleanup crew come through with, with body cams, but not the door kickers. Fuck yeah. Off. Which makes zero fucking sense to me. So like, I, I, I don't believe them when they say like, Oh, well uh, we, we're, we're investigating the footage. We haven't found anything yet. We'll release it when, when it goes through an internal review, like <laughs> bullshit, bullshit that I, I forget who it was, but it was, a. Uh, I don't know if it was Duante, right? No, it wasn't. Duante. It was somebody else where the, uh, the guy was like, open like shooting at the police and then there was a narrative that he was unarmed within 24 hours the police were like nope here's the body cam that he was armed <laughs> so it's like if it proves they're right they'll release that shit immediately but if they look bad then they'll obfuscate and hide it forever well these things take time you know it has to go through a process and we have to yeah they they, they always manage to buy themselves time yeah, yeah and, and, and like like and, <laughs> anthony rios is another great example where the where the family had to sue the city to release the security footage from inside the jail that shows like six cops, like tasing and beating this man on the ground. And it's like, Oh, you've had this the whole time. And you ruled that he just like had like an accidental death in jail. Like, mm, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, we just have piles of evidence when these things happen. And I'm, I'm hoping that the combination of, and not that I want this shit to continue. I want it to fucking stop. But I'm hoping the combination of, this administration being like, you know, the so-called political solution to this, along with it, you know, carrying on and the lies being exactly the same. You know, it's it's not people saying like, oh, well, it's a it's a Republican world, so we should just expect this kind of thing. It's like, no, this is just what happens when you have a monopoly on violence. This, they yeah, will like, always like, investigate themselves and find themselves innocent of any wrongdoing. And like, I, I, I was an activist long before the Boogaloo and a left-wing activist. And like, it's like everybody forgot Obama. And in the police response to the the first round of BLM protests in like 2014 and 2015 was so much more aggressive than the police re- response under Trump. Fact of the matter, I don't like Trump at all, but it's just a fact of the matter. You can look up videos in California of cops with rifles running up and down the street arresting BLM protesters at gunpoint. Like, yeah, that didn't happen that much. It happened in Brooklyn Center under Biden though like where they they just skipped over the whole riot cop thing and went straight to dudes in camos with rifles like yeah but it's, everybody it's, everybody forgets about that all, all these zoomers weren't politically aware during like the obama administration when they were like shooting celebrities in the face with rubber bullets at standing rock you know like <laughs> yeah yeah we, we we went from like you know uh a back the blue president but one who didn't really you know he, he wasn't like 
fingers in every pie. He was just a dipshit who increased all that funding across the board blindly. Whereas Biden is an experienced <laughs> uh, right. dro- drug warrior, as is Harris, a- a- yeah, an actual fucking cop. So it's like right. it's like, like the, the 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 virgin back the blue supporter versus the Chad actual cop. Yeah, the the Chad drug warrior, <laughs> lifelong <laughs> drug warrior. <laughs> Oh fuck yeah, and and you you, hand, you you took the keys away from a retard and handed them to someone who knows what they're doing. Like you've really stepped up the game, dude. <laughs> you didn't solve right. anything. You've you've in fact handed them to someone who's much better at this in all the worst ways. Right. Uh, give me one, like literally, like a minute, really quick. I just need to run to the bathroom. I'll be right oh, back. no worries. Uh, Melly, still up? Yep. How's the How's the connection going? Uh, pretty good so far. Okay, good, good. <laughs> We uh yeah. we we really need to like adopt little, we ne- we never do the hand thing. <laughs> I always feel bad like I'm just steamrolling you, and then Resi just hopped in for like a second and then fucked off. Well, I'm more of a I'm pretty quiet. Anyway. I I know I know. I try to jump in just so it's not like awkward. <laughs> I'm just oh yeah, yeah. It, it's <laughs> uh, doing my solo show and having guests on, especially my last guest was uh, Nikki Reed, who you know she, she's a counterpunch. Uh, contributor mm-hmm. and stuff and so i i had no relationship prior and so i was just like man this is different it's not just like inviting trigion or seaburn and i could just shoot the shit it was like i have to i, I my, my introvert really kicked in all of a sudden i was like oh my god i have to mean what, what, what interview is this uh my, my last one on my solo show i'll i'll, I'll uh probably was that the one with, with, with phoenix uh no with uh on, on my solo show with uh nikki oh, yeah. reed and and oh. um so all of a sudden I've got to maintain conversation with a left anarchist uh, for like an hour or so with, and it was her first podcast. So she was nervous and Oh my God. It was like, that was, was my like, first podcast. I interviewed a person from Yale and we were both so awkward. <laughs> it, it's, it's how it goes. But like, I didn't have uh, cause it was my solo show. It was just me and her. And so there was like no one else to bounce stuff off of, which I've been doing for like, you know, 20 odd episodes now, but it was still like, I was like, Oh fuck. Because <laughs> it yeah. was it was very different from just inviting friends of the show on, but yeah, um, but I guess back, right uh, right back to it of the thing I'm hoping with the Johnny Hurley thing that should have happened with Duncan, and you you see it happen a lot is when it's inner city kind of established police departments, like they have a whole system. For oh yeah, shit. they know how to cover their tracks. They have a bunch of lawyers or whatever. Yeah, you, just, you know what's happened in Phoenix? Like there's there was such hardcore marching in summer. Uh, which is fucking ridiculous out here. Um, yeah. If it, all the BLM and you know anti-police brutality protests, and then end of the year, of course, budget goes up, <laughs> nothing is done, and um, of course, it's all for it's all for paying off um, lawsuits. All, right. It was it was a budget increase because more people were like, oh no, we can take on the police, and so they had to increase right. their budget to pay off all these victims' families, and that's like the solution. But everyone was like, what the fuck? Right, but with <laughs> with the Johnny Hurley thing, this is a whole bump California, like Colorado rural shithole town. Yeah, like if if seven thousand people show up there, a bunch of them with guns, they're like that has a possibility to kind of traumatize and shake some things loose oh. and be like, hey, like you really kicked a hornet's nest now. Like you thought you just shot like some dude. Like no, you shot like a member of like a movement that you're like rural cop brain does not wrap its mind around and I, i'm kind of, that's kind of what i'm hoping out of that because of how much attention it's getting and how many people are like, traveling for it and everything i personally would be on a plane to be there if i could afford it myself like that's kind of how like much they don't 
understand what they did. And that's what should have happened with Duncan, but the whole like COVID thing. Oh yeah. They, they were telling the family up. not to stand in protest because of COVID restrictions. Like, like how, how, how police state do you want to get? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and inf- infamously, uh, a lot of people forgot about that, but one of the, one of our guys in the movement was pulled over on the way to the Duncan Lemp protest they broke his car window in, threw a flashbang in, dragged him out and arrested him and like confiscate all of his guns and everything. And then the local the local magistrate was essentially like, why did you do this? Like, yeah, he was literally just driving down a road and gave him his guns back. But his car was fucked because, you know, flashbang flash, flash went off and like right on top of the center console in the middle of his fucking car. Yeah, it'll blow <laughs> your hand apart. It'll kill a baby. and It'll fuck up your car for sure. Yeah, blew all the windows out, like everything. So, like, yeah, that that was a whole thing that everybody kind of forgot about. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm hoping that that's not what happens here. And like, like, there's enough anger and pressure and like street protests and everything on the small little town that like they realize they have to actually release this information and come to with it. And honestly, like, the cop needs to get at least manslaughter. Like, oh, sorry. yeah. Sorry, yeah. if, I, if I if I rolled up to a situation and just blasted somebody, I'm going to jail. Like, I yeah, there's, there's like <laughs> no threat identification, and from what we know, almost certainly no kind of orders or anything. You know, like drop the gun. It was just roll up and hey, I'm gonna get that notch on my belt. I'm gonna have a war story because that's what these fucking <laughs> these these guys mostly think. You know, they didn't go to, get to go to Iraq or Afghanistan like their older brothers. So here's their action man moment. They get to fucking blast someone in their hometown and be a hero. Yeah, and and and. They, like I said, there needs to be there needs to be consequences for that. There needs to be just more and more consequences for police when they fuck up like this because it's just it like uh, what nothing else is going to change it because the legal system doesn't care. The cops have literally formed like a team. The cops are a team now. They view each other as a team. Yeah, there's a there's a war on them. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, they, they're, like... they're they're running with that shit. Even though like the number of police deaths in the line of duty is at like a hundred year low in this country or some shit. It's like, it's ridiculous. And like it, it, you know, the other example of this, and this is like a little more spicy. So just for, so people understand is uh, in Florida, there was a guy named Ozone Williams. This happened like last week and he was a NFAC member. And essentially what happened is he was just chilling in his car in the parking lot of his apartment and the cops rolled up. And apparently the cops were looking for somebody else that, that didn't look anything like him and he had nothing to do with it. And the cops run up, like run up to him. They're like, do you live here? And he's like, yeah, what's this about? And they immediately try to arrest him <laughs> and him being a member of NFAC. He said, no, you, and <laughs> you can imagine where that went. And he got arrested like three days ago, hiding in a treehouse or whatever. But it's, it's, it's the legal stuff. It's other stuff like that. where we're, we're increasingly the police just need to learn that they just can't do shit like this. There's going to be consequences for doing this and they're not going to be backed up about it. And I always bring up that like the U S military has stricter rules of engagement than the U S police do. And, and the average grunt in the military is paid 10,000 less a year is like an actual combat zone and like has, has more strict requirements on when they can fire, who they can fire on and how they interact with people than the goddamn police oh yeah i mean like, so, so many of the like g- just general tactics are war crimes our, our friend uh seaburn i don't know if you follow him or anything but he's uh he's an army guy and he has um you know seaburn experience he's he's big on gas masks and all, all that kind of stuff and the, the kind of gas they use is <laughs> you couldn't use that in a fucking war zone 
you it just it just doesn't happen it would be it would be you know yeah Gene- that, that, geneva defying at this point that that happened in california which again like the other thing i have to explain to conservatives all the time is is that you're very the media picks and chooses its stories that will be most divisive like if there's something the cops did that's just universally egregious and it's not cool they won't talk about it but they also won't talk about the things where like the cop was totally justified they'll always pick the ones where they know people will fight over it and the example of that is uh, i think it was in san diego or la i don't remember but uh my friend glory jones was at a protest where they kettled them under a bridge like mm. in a in a tunnel and just CS gas the shit out of them. And if anyone, me. if anyone knows what CS gas is like in enclosed spaces without a lot of ventilation, that kills people. Yeah. So there was people like passing out and shit because they couldn't get fresh oxygen because they were just being kettled and gassed in this fucking tunnel. And it's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, and the I, media, the media said nothing about that. You think that'd be a home run for the for the secret communist George Soros, you know, whatever right wing conspiracy media? No, they they didn't say anything about that. That had no news whatsoever because that's they they don't actually want the the home runs they want people fighting over stuff <laughs> so. yeah like no, not not that i'm a i'm a fan of holocaust jokes or anything but if someone you know makes a public figure makes one that's gonna make way more headlines than police actually gassing people right in a, in a makeshift gas chamber at, right. who, who are you know protesting their fucking civil rights Right. And it, it's, it's ridiculous to me having to explain to conservatives, like the idea of like infiltration of like agent provocateurs. Like I, I went on Alex. Oh, Jones's, that doesn't happen. Yeah. I went on Alex Jones's show and like threw that in his face. I'm like, I, I was like, Alex, you literally taught me about agent provocateurs and cops pretending to be protesters. You think they just stopped? And he was like, oh yeah, you got point. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Like, what do you mean? Swigs, whiskey, pops, pills. Right. <laughs> Take moves water filter closer in front of the camera but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That... and then and i even got to the point where i got jafari jones which is like the coolest blm organizer ever jafari's the shit uh he's runs blm 757 out of virginia he went on Infowars, and then the next day i brought a rose city antifa person onto Infowars, and like we all like talked and like had a moment and that's when i started getting like hate mail of like kill yourself homo and everything so <laughs> that was fun but yeah like it. It, it it's ridiculous that that people have such short memories and i guess that's like a thing in the boogaloo that i do like is everyone i talk to they start listing out all this shit and because we actually like understand i don't know once once you've dealt with this shit and you've you've watched it for a long enough time you understand and you know to get into the kind of anarchist unity anarchist without objective stuff you you get a certain clarity when once you you all right so so i'll I'll lay down the process You, you go in angry you kind of like calm down a little bit after a little after a long time of being angry, and you're like, okay, that was ineffective. And then from there, eventually, you become a little bit jaded, and then that's when the clarity kicks in. For anyone who's like going through this process, it's like the stages of grief, but with radicalism. I I, I literally directly labeled what this is called. You'll like this. It's it's post nut anarchism. <laughs> <laughs> clarity, yes, yeah, seriously. It, it, Which, I, by I, the way, by the way, that was the last thing I tweeted uh, <laughs> to Twitter before I got the text that my house had been raided. So I literally posted on Twitter. I'm like, for the love of God, do not let the last thing I tweeted be post nut anarchism. <laughs> be so mad. That'd be awesome. <laughs> my, my last thing before getting 
banned off IG was like some stupid, boring, like Kamala's a cop meme. And I was like, God, it, it could have been anything. It could have been something way spicy. I used to post tactical guides and now it's fucking <laughs> Kamala memes. I, I hate this administration. But um, Mine was the drive by telling a cop to get a job. Get a- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've seen all the, the things I've ever said. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know of Unicorn Daddy, also known as. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the best. Uh, I'd recognize that black ass anyway. Yes, the best the best account on Twitter. He's going to do the whole thing where he's going to put up a booth in front of his local police station. <laughs> Change my mind. <laughs> Change my mind. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. As we were saying earlier, um, we've mentioned it on previous podcasts, but like uh, there's was this entire report released about how hard it is to infiltrate anarchist groups because of yeah. like how, how nerdy they are. And it's just kind of like what you were saying. It's like, it's really hard. Like the, our memories <laughs> go way back. We are. Um, yeah, I, I report. I report it's hard to replicate I, that. I I, I cite that report all the time because it's so funny to me. It was a 1996, I think, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Uh, FBI uh, d- domestic terror report where they're like, it's we we have found it extremely difficult to infiltrate anarchist groups due to the number of references and obscure literature required to blend in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's fucking well, real. You have to know what, the no whatever literature, the in jokes, the nerdy whatever, shit. <laughs> whenever I start posting Sterner memes, every Fed's like, what? <laughs> My friend Stephanie says we're uniquely obsessed, which is right. a really nice way to say autistic. <laughs> yeah, the, the politically correct term for autistic, uniquely obsessed. <laughs> Tactical autism division. But yeah, I, I definitely seeing like a spread of uh, anarchism without adjectives, which is another thing of like, I do, I do say that I hate being forced into the public eye or being forced to be like this weird pseudo spokes, whatever the fuck you want to call me. But the positive thing is I've got to like, scream obscure anarchist literature at people particularly Voltaire uh declare which is my favorite anarchist and her whole thing is anarchism without adjectives and i've gotten like a lot of people to actually like read her stuff and that's stuck with a lot of people and how many people i've seen go from like calling themselves like helicopter anarcho capitalists <laughs> to like just the black flag and they're like yeah. i'm not an ancap anymore i'm just an anarchist you know maybe the ancoms aren't that bad and it's like yes <laughs> yeah it, that's the shit i'm about right there yeah it, it, it's like you don't have to be out here you know shaking hands with with every single other you know of the of the rainbow anarchist division of, of which you know every every different obscure color and stripe but just quit wasting your time butting heads and accomplishing nothing you know you, you see people devote hours to to reddit arguments that spiral off into nothing and it's like how about you actually either get out of each other's way or try and have a real conversation about right. the state? And that's that's how I fe- that's how I feel as a mutualist because I I'm technically a left wing anarchist. I'm a mutualist, yeah. and mutualism is all just like, hey, everybody's cool. And it's just like like everyone's like it's the community meme where he walks in with the pizza and everyone's fucking like on fire, and, like <laughs> punching each other. It's like that's mutualism, and and yeah, it's just it's just funny to me that I'm seeing more and more people kind of embrace it and like. The, the biggest criticism of me from the left is that I'm trying to infiltrate the left. <laughs> when in reality, I go on like a bunch of like Alex Jones and like, like Dave Smith and all these like more like right wing kind of dudes. And I'm sitting there talking to him about like Konkin and Bakunin and like, like Sterner and like all these like lefty anarchists and shit. So it's like, oh, I actually think if technically, if anything, I'd be infiltrating the right, but whatever. I just, I just find the right wing has a, a sense of humor and isn't like as psycho sometimes especially online 
So that's why I, I hang out with like libertarians more, you know? Yeah, like uh <laughs> Who is it? Sky Daddy or Mr. Mr. Uncancelable yeah. on, on, on Twitter. She's always talking about like, you know, when I talk to the libertarians, they're just generally more chill. And it's like, even as someone who's, you know, very much heavily in the, the, the black flag anarchism, you know, agorist thing, it's like, libertarians are still the main the main crowd that we all talk to right. obviously that, that's where that's where we came from but they're also just the most open to new ideas and it's so funny because so many of sky's followers are like trump supporters and like conservatives and everything and then like yeah because because of, of the vaccine stuff right and, and she doesn't post about it much but i've had her on my podcast and she's an anarcho-communist yeah like explicit like bakunin like anarcho-communist it's like see guys i told you there's cool people like this don't be a fucking tribalist like <laughs> Yeah, seriously. It's like at, at this point in time, we need to, you know, not like, like we were talking about earlier. It needs, it needs to remain decentralized, of course, with whatever we do, because that's the strength of everything we get into. But at the same time, like just quit expending effort on on tribal. You, you swap. I was talking about this to Nikki Reed on, on this episode I was, I've got coming up. Um, but people... They, they just go from Democrat and Republican and then they're like recovering from that and they just like, oh, well, here's a new flag and a new team to join, anarcho-communist or anarcho-capitalist and these these new Big Ten ideologies and then like, okay, well, I found myself now. <laughs> it's like, have you? You've still got like five more years until you settle, buddy. I'm sorry to tell you. You've you, right. you got a lot of shit to figure out. <laughs> right. And like, like a lot to like read and a lot to experience and like understand and it's, you know, like I hate... Re- re- that's what my biggest complaint with the LP right now, like recreating the culture war shit in the LP, which has been going on right now between yeah. like the Mises people and the other. I'm like, I don't even fucking know. I don't even care. But it's like, <laughs> I-, I use this line all the time, and I think it's so perfect. Of, I would rather have one thousand scary Antifa college kids in black hoodies after me than the federal government. Yeah, I would rather have all of the Proud Boys hunting me down, trying to kill me, than the federal government. Like, like priorities here, guys. Like you, you, you know, like the worst, the worst Proud Boys have ever done on me is one pulled a gun on me at a protest in Detroit and then put it away. And like, I was like well, that was, that was dramatic. And then Antifa doxed me. It's like, oh, okay, well, that that kind of sucks. It's like, well, let's look at what's actually the other side. What's going on? Oh yeah, the feds have killed several of my friends and put many of them in federal prison. Yeah, it's who like, should I be worried about here? <laughs> like, do, do you want do you want the established warlord that the masses trust, or the obvious warlord that is clearly a fucking violent psycho and can be pointed at and dismissed? Right, like it's 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 ridiculous to me. Of like, I've never. I really do feel like the Proud Boys on the left and Antifa on the right have been so overly dramatized of how much of a threat, quote unquote, they are. And it's it's absurd to me, like especially especially like us in the gun community and everything. When we see these people, we're like, okay, (laughs) yes. Why do you want to talk about street brawlers? That's fucking boring. I don't vote anyway. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Whatever. It's so ridiculous. Obviously, like people try to tie the movement to January 6th and it's like. I got an argument with someone just yesterday. I'm like, did you see a single Hawaiian shirt there? <laughs> well, no. Did you, did you see, like, I, I think the the final count was, like, six guns on, on those who were arrested. It's like, and, and then most of the plate carriers were empty, if not, like, you know, just shitty Chinese airsoft stuff. Right. And, and they it's like, love their airsoft plate carriers. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the mega crowd wouldn't know good tactical gear if it fucking, if it was, well, 
strapped to them (laughs) (laughs) seriously yeah they they couldn't couldn't tell a fucking difference and and it was like it's an insurrection dude where were the fucking guns like apparently the right is so heavily armed it's they're like republicans themselves need to be labeled as domestic terrorists and yet where were the guns if this was an insurrection they could have really fucked you up (laughs) like these yeah that's that's the thing you don't understand too is the right hates uh armed street protests they hate it yeah. Like, like they they throw a bigger fit about it than the left does. There, I mean, there was that whole Vice documentary where, where it covered the Boogaloo, and they interviewed like some old gun owners in the area, and they're like, "Well, it's not about having these like Gucci semi autos that nobody needs, <laughs> and walking around threatening people. All I need is my bolt action hunting rifle." And it's like, yeah, that's the right. Like when you see dudes in like Gucci gear with like ARs with like tack lights and nods and shit, like that's not the right wing. Like, I hate to break it to you. The the only reason I ever considered myself conservative, I was always, like, gun rights first and foremost, and I always felt it was, like, fucking silly I had to turn to British conservatism to be like, are you guys on my side? Uh, Of course they're fucking not. They just want their their shotguns for fox hunting, and that's about where it ends. And it's really not that fucking different over here. Does anyone see a Republican get into office and really work their ass off to defend your right to resist them if they if they put the boot on you a little bit too hard? The, 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 pri- the primary the primary group that was protesting uh, cons- uh, constitutional carry in Texas was the oh, fucking shit. cops. Oh, and, and it was it was also um, concealed carry like instructors, all these old fuds. Like, well, yeah, I it was think the NRA guys, and cops. Like, yeah, we, we we need we need to be to train these guys and to check them out and make sure they're not you know crazy or anything. It's like, dude, if a crazy guy wants to stuff stuff a fucking gun in his pants and walk around, he's going to do that anyway. So especially, <laughs> especially with three D printing and like this is a little bit of a side tangent, but I'll, I'll be quick about it. The 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 European like smug thing of like oh we don't got guns over here and we don't have any problems <laughs> 3d printing screwing that up really bad uh, and no nobody's <laughs> talking about it that's the thing is like none of the gun channels are talking about it nobody really big in the 2a community is talking about it but if you go online and you just google 3d printed guns london pretty 3d printed guns paris 3d printed guns germany you'll see tons of articles of the cops have no idea what to do because there's just a bunch of people running around with 3d printed guns now and it's like whoop, you guys lost like your big smug satisfaction of like, oh well, we took all the guns away and we're great. It's like, huh, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I think I think that's starting to change. I uh, you're probably familiar with like Iraq veteran A A A. Yeah. So uh, our our friend Carrie Sloan of uh, We the Female, she, she's she's been uh, she's been slipping some radical stuff his way. And uh, if you follow him on Twitter, he the other day he said something about um, the gun rights community needs to get behind. Um, well, I, I forget the exact quote, but something something basically in favor of um, legalizing pot for gun owners. And I was yeah. like, wow, that's a big fucking move. And he's got a massive audience. And I, re- I, I really think that's going to be the way things start to shift, where it's like, all right, well, all these fuds are fucking dying. Uh, who's our audience now? It's people who are much more libertarian than their, you know, their dads and, and grandpas were. So where's the Absol- Absolutely now? fucking psychotic autistic book boys. That's your audience yep. now. <laughs> the gun community is going to get so much more interesting in the next 15, 20 years. And well, so I mean, after, after, the, after, after they, after a uh, high point actually released the yeet cannon, I was <laughs> yes. like, we're the people now. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at me. I'm in charge now. Right. But yeah. Like, so, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's the whole, that's the whole thing going on with Johnny Hurley. Oh God. Whoop. I just broke, I just broke a bunch of shit. Never mind. Uh, so, so yeah, that's the whole thing going on with Johnny Hurley. That's the whole thing going oh, so, on. So what, what day is that? And what do people need to, to know to attend uh, that? 
So it is it is put on by a bunch of anarchists. So it's it's literally come however you want. You want to go armed. You don't want to go armed. Like, has there been any talk about people showing up like in armed with kit? Yeah, there's there's tons because people keep asking, and the oh, guy okay, who's, the guy who's putting it on is like, we're anarchists. Yeah. show up however you want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, so there, yeah, there'll probably be open carry. I know there's going to be a couple boogs that are there, so they're definitely going to be like in in full aloha with with everything going yeah. on. Probably and some fuds like open carrying. Yeah, and and then obviously just like a bunch of normal people, but then um the actual date. I'm just make sure I pulled it up because they did switch the date. Uh Okay, it is. It's going to be on July 10th at 10 a.m. at the Arvada's Police Department, like headquarters, like City Love Hall, because it. it's City Hall, the jail, and the police department. Because you know, small town, they just yeah. do it. It's going to be right outside that 10 a.m. It should go on for a couple hours. Um, I don't know if anybody's speaking or anything, but it'll probably happen. And uh, essentially, it's going to raise hell and, and and terrify this local police department to show them who exactly they stepped in on this oh, so i love it <laughs> like uh when, when people show up to that i always advise you know look as professional as possible um you don't you don't want to have like you know be the guy who gets photographed and memed like you know look right. look serious and don't, capable. don't don't be don't be that one um texas three percenter that literally had a canteen uh paracorded <laughs> to his chest as a play carrier oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah but also the, the very like coming from me, the the big happy gay anarchist here. I'm gonna I, <laughs> I'm gonna tell everybody a secret about making the media's job harder on them. And I actually learned this from a really weird person. Uh, I learned this from Linda Sarsour because I actually talked to her. If you know who that is, uh, I talked to her in Louisville. And um, is if if you're going open carrying, like be obnoxiously happy. Like have a yeah. big smile on your face, have your body language be like you're at a party because people have no idea what to do with that. Yeah. Like, and they, they expect you to stand there like mean mugging stormtroopers with your mm-hmm. guns. Confuse the hell out of them. Like, <laughs> Yeah. And, and what, what you have to take away is uh, people aren't necessarily going to give you the time of day and interview you. They, they might interview you and then they'll just fucking take a few nice sound bites that suit their story. And then what's really going to be the damning thing is the, the front page picture for the article. And usually they'll pick the one time you drop your smile for five seconds and your mean mugging just looking off into the distance. That's the picture that goes in. Yep. And what you got to be doing is just, you know, standing with your mates or, or whoever's there and just fucking laughing, having a good time, shooting the shit, you know. That's, that's why That's why they have nothing. They have none of those pictures on me because every time I'm at an event, like... I love I love protesting. I've always I've always I've always been like an activist my entire life. I love protesting, so I just got a big stupid grin on my face. The whole time. And they yeah. can't get, they can't get that mean mug shot. And to the media thing, like if 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 you are not extremely confident that you can kind of do this very intricate dance where you're very aware of what you're saying and you only answer questions in a very specific way and you're, you're like hyper aware of how you're talking. Don't get in front of a camera. Just don't. Yeah. Because if the a single slip up, a single like anything, you use any single bad word. Like the example I always use is like you a, a me, journalist walks up there and like, are you going to use that gun, that gun to get into a firefight with the cops? And you go, oh, yeah, no, we're not out here to be like, oh, yeah, we're here to shoot cops. <laughs> but they'll immediately cut out the rest of it and it'll just be we're here to shoot cops like, like, <laughs> so you don't you, you have to be super aware of the words you're using oh, yeah. and how you're conducting yourself so if you're not confident in that then just be like i'm not talking to the press yeah. and if they ask your name you can just say my name is duncan lamp because we love love doing that of like <laughs> the 
this this poor reporter in Detroit walked up to me and he's like, "Hey, what's your name?" I'm like Duncan Lemp, and he's like, "Yeah, you're the seventeenth one." <laughs> yeah, I, I think exactly. Uh, <laughs> you you probably heard about the incident down in Odessa, Texas, with the lockdown protesters, but yeah, that was that was uh, Philip Archibald. I'm like, like I said, I'm good friends with that guy. He's yeah. been he's in prison now, but yeah, we, we we had them on the show like a while back, uh, shortly after that happened, and um, yeah, they, they were saying that as they were being arrested, what's your name, Duncan Lemp? Oh, you too. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, buddy. Guess guess who uh guess who made us say that name? Fucking yeah. you guys. You Which know, I, you, I, I got it actually I actually got it trending on Twitter two nights ago of of essentially just blowing up the Montgomery County Police Department. I saw like, that. It's like, hey, we didn't forget about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like we really don't fucking like having martyrs. So uh here it is. Here it is again. Thanks for that, you fucking monster. Yeah, and now, now they're now they're trying to uh, the best. They're trying to smear Duncan as a Nazi, and the only thing they have is that he followed. I think the exact number is he followed 132 people on TikTok. One of them was a white nationalist who mostly posted nothing to do with white nationalism. And they're yeah. like, "See, Duncan Lemp was a Nazi." It's like, oh my god. <laughs> well, you're gonna see that. There's so many people who, yeah, they need to be aware of dumb shit like that. I, I see, uh, you know, mutuals who are the the kindest souls in the world and they follow people like they might follow someone like uh like nick fuentes that squirrely little baby um and you know did you know you know who that is right? yeah i know who fuentes is. yeah, yeah. Uh, just 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 like the other week uh it's going down posted another like scathing expose on me and they reference <laughs> they referenced a, a a tweet i did where it was Charlie Kirk talking about how the age of consent is like a feminist SJW myth <laughs> and it's not real. So I just posted a meme of throwing Charlie Kirk out of a helicopter into a wood chipper. And they were like, see, Magnus uses fascist helicopter memes. And it's like, I, I was throwing Charlie Kirk <laughs> into a... Mm. <laughs> like, Plus, okay. he'd be fine. His massive fucking head would stop him going into the wood chipper. He'd <laughs> his be for, his, his he forehead would, would jam the blades. Yeah, he'd be all right. It wasn't violent at all, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's the whole thing going on there. Um, if you want updates on it, like I said, you can follow uh, Felix from Loot Crew. That's his like name. It's at Rocky MT Chaos on Twitter. He's the one that's like actually like organizing it. It was his whole idea, which was a cool unity thing because the Loot Crew was literally a group of guys that broke off from the Boog because they thought we were a bunch of commie cucks, and now <laughs> we're like, now like. I, 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 the only thing I'll ever pat myself on the back for is I, I do think I'm like annoyingly approachable. So like, <laughs> I just talked to him a lot and now we're cool again. So yeah, that, that, and now we're doing a joint, joint event together. So that, that's how it always goes. Like some, some angry, you know, Ancon will come up, oh, you guys aren't anarchists. And they'll start talking to us and be like, well, actually we believe this, 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 and this. And they're like, uh, well, uh, you're all right okay. your friends your friends suck but you're cool that's the one I hear <laughs> yeah it's like okay well go and talk to them <laughs> they'll, they'll say the same shit um <laughs> oh so we we've been we've been killing with this episode i think but i'd like to wrap up on something i saw scott horton share of yours which is the dc march for peace yeah so uh it's the end of the damn wars march which i yeah. think uh i i think that naming that was a, a thing of tactical brilliance because a lot of people have been trying to shit on it and have people not go because i'm involved mm. and it's causing these these establishment shit libs to be like don't go to the end the damn wars march <laughs> and it just looks bad no matter how hard they try to sell it but uh 
these crazy right-wingers are trying to stop our troops from going over there and saving these people and, and protecting their, you know, women's rights and stuff. Right, yeah, I mean, yeah, too, there's a whole article of, like, if we pull out of Afghanistan, <laughs> it'll be a blow to women's rights. Like, yeah. Yeah, less blowing of women and, and more rights. Okay, yeah. like, <laughs> I think but, it'll help if we stop blowing up the women. I think that'll right. really help up help help out women's rights and, and stop blowing up their children and husbands. I, I think that would make a dramatic difference for women's rights, but, but yeah. I'm I'm essentially like trying to recreate um what happened in 2013 and 2014 with that whole thing where Occupy and the Tea Party kind of started like linking up, and that's when you saw a lot of the big anti-Iraq war marches and stuff like that in DC, where it was like hundreds of thousands of people, and it was bipartisan. Yeah. So that that that's the main thing to me. Like obviously. Even if there was a million people in D.C. like screaming and shouting outside of the Capitol building, like the, the government is going to go, oops, sorry, guys, and, and, <laughs> and stop the wars. But importantly, it's getting these people in the same place. It's getting like the Medicare for all people and the Green Party people and like the socialists to like talk to the libertarians and like the anti-war conservatives and kind of start building up that nonpartisan anti-war thing. And the inspiration for that was a very little covered event that happened two years ago. That was uh, the Women's March uh, against the Pentagon, which was put on by the like the Women's March people. And uh, Michael Hess from the Mises Caucus and a bunch of libertarians showed up and they all marched together. Yeah. And it was like this like little like 200 person like anti-war march. And it was bipartisan. And I saw that happen. And I hit all these same people up like Scott Horton, like the Green, like the, the Red Berets, which is like a Medicare for all thing. And like uh code pink which is like a leftist anti-war thing i hit all these people up and i'm like hey you want to do this again and at first people were like uh maybe sure and then yesterday biden like drone strike yeah. iraq and syria and then ever since then people be like oh yeah sure we'll show up so, hey, <laughs> like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're pulling out in september man it's all good e even though that was a fucking uh i i i won't go into that too much but that was such a bullshit yeah, I will, thing I will, changing I will, the pullout date right that, that was so bullshit and i will mention that it's already backfired really quick of yeah. uh the the afghan national guard is just getting absolutely fucked by the taliban right now because the taliban are a little mad that we didn't pull out when we promised we would and nobody's really, no one in the media is really talking about the fact that that's blown up on Biden. But that's also why we picked September 11th, because that's supposed to be the day we pull out. And I th also think it's like the 20th anniversary, uh, I, for I forget, of, of September 11th. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, 2021. Yeah, so it's, it's 20th anniversary of September 11th, so there's a bunch of symbology there. And we're just we're just trying to get all these people together to, to scream and shout about this and trying to use, like, the idea of the Boogaloo, because, like, like, the movement in general, obviously, was was gun rights and anti like police, anti federal kind of thing, and taking that unity kind of idea we all had in the Boogaloo movement and being like, hey, why don't we expand this to like anti war into like drug policy and all this stuff and like get these groups that we've been getting to work together to like start having unified attacks on stuff. I always bring it up, but uh, I think it was Minnesota or Idaho, one or the other. The local Proud Boys chapter and the local BLM organization had a joint march to end the drug war, and like hmm. nobody talked about it. And it's like more of that. Can we have more of that, please? Yeah, it, it's like you don't you don't have to call these people, you know, allies, friends. Just fucking show up and march for the same reason. Like it, it, every every libertarian showing up for a anti-war march with Medicare for all people aren't all of a sudden Medicare for all people. It's like you have completely separate political aims outside of this this one goal which war is the health of the state so anyone who is like who would 
you know, kind of shit on this event is really missing the wider point. Like, this is what makes the Empire run. This kind of, this fucking worldwide dominance, this satellite state empire building. If you start, like, coming down hard and visibly, because, you know, us, us posting online and being like, oh, they're lying again, they're lying again, that really doesn't quite do enough. Whereas when we had a thing like the, you know, the 2020 Virginia uh, gun rights protest, that was a big fucking thing. They couldn't not report on 20-odd thousand people showing up in Richmond, um, people carrying Barretts and, you know, full kit around. Um, it, you couldn't ignore it. They had to report on it. And, you know, this, this protest, they're not going to be like, oh, well, gee, I, I guess the wars are really unpopular. But it's going to make it a fucking talking point again, which it hasn't been for the longest time. It's just like, yeah, we're at war. I, I guess that's kind of what we're always doing. We've, we've always been at war with Eurasia. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, that's that's how it's sold. And definitely like educating people about the wars that are going on that nobody talks about. Like uh, like uh, I mean, Somalia, Sudan, yeah. like Yemen being the big one of like what the awful shit that's going on in Yemen that our fingerprints are all over. And, and nobody talks about like the actual genocide going on against the Yemeni right now by the Saudis with our weapons and planes with air cover from the United States military. Like nobody's talking about that. Yep. And our then, proxy like, wars. Yeah. The whole thing in Ukraine that's going on that like nobody's really talking about. Like there, there's so much that the average normie that only consumes like CNN or mainstream media doesn't even understand what's, like the depth and scope of like how much bullshit we're involved in. Yeah. Like, I've got, I've got mates who are still in the military, both in the U S and UK and, and all the time i'll be like oh yeah what are you up to these days mate like where are you like oh i i can't tell you i'm like is it a country i know we're in uh maybe it's like okay. yeah I have, I have a friend that's deploying to africa yeah as, oh, as yeah. a marine and it's like why are we in africa and he's like i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, uh, I'm just i'm just following orders like oh yeah good i'm just getting the paycheck buddy <laughs> it's like shit dude like it's crazy so yeah. just just raising awareness of that and then all the, the people I'm putting it on with are the uh, Jillian Assange left-wing people that are like the Jillian Assange movement. That's all yeah, like a bunch of like, lefties and everything. So they're obviously way more like woke to a lot yeah. of this bullshit, which is why they were the first people to kind of take me in. And they're going to obviously have lots to talk about with like what's going on with Assange and like how yep. if you're you're a military whistleblower, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're 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 a war colonel in in the U.S. government's eyes somehow. Yeah, and and like to that because I I bet a lot of people that listen to this are military people. Um, they've been targeting military meme accounts on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and mm -hmm. taking them down, specifically ones that have broke prominent whistleblowing like have platformed prominent whistleblowers from within the army, like the the dude who blew the whistle that in Fort Fort Polk during the blizzard, they were having guys running drills out there. And if they like came to barracks to like report that they were injured and had frostbite, they would be written up <laughs> and like literally given like, like a fucking citation. So a whole bunch of dudes just sat out in the middle of a blizzard in Texas and got frostbite. The account that the, the like, I think like the Sergeant, like a ma like major people in that unit came and talked about that going on on that got banned. So it's like, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they are really trying to clamp down on what remains uh, of their military. And, you know, 
police and military recruitment is in the shitter, and it it's about time that this anti-war move, movement was properly revived. And it wasn't just this, you know, this one faction bitching in the corner of the internet. It's it's time to do something visible. So, Hell yeah, I, that's, it, that's, it, that's the goal. Yeah, it was really cool to see that something was coming together. And so, um, September 11th. Uh, what what are the rest of the details? What should people know if they want to turn up for that? Yeah, so it's gonna be September 11th. We're gonna announce the uh, like the specific locations, whatever. But it's gonna essentially be on the Capitol lawn, like as yeah. close as we can get without you know having AMRAPs fire at us or some crazy <laughs> shit. And it's gonna be at noon. And then we're it depends on how good the event goes. Like if we have like fucking seven, eight thousand people there, we're gonna add on that we're going to do a march to the Pentagon, and then we're going to bail from there. And Scott Horton from AntiWar.com already said he would show up and speak. Uh, there's a bunch of like lefty organizations that said they were going to show up and then we're just continually reaching upwards. Like every big name we get, we tell them like, Hey, hit up all your friends and tell them to show up as well. Because the major thing to me and, and being an on the ground activist, the, the thing I call it the most is like Jimmy Dore and Dave Smith and, and Crowder and like all these like really big, like internet personalities that say they're anti-war. They could show up to this protest with a sign that just says, I like mayonnaise and like 200 people would show up just to see them. So it's like mobilize your audience. Like 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 show up on the ground to this. Like I I want all of these big people that go on and on about how anti-war they are. It's like, well, if you're anti-war, like show up because people will come here just because you're here and that will be helpful. So yeah. I'm kind of it's half half protest. Well, sorry, like it's like one third protest, one third like just to get everyone to have like a, a moment of unity, and then like one third like a call out to the establishment and a lot of like these popular figures in culture of like if you come out against this, it proves you're an asshole. If you don't show up to it, it proves you're kind of like just performative and shit posting and you don't actually mean any of this. So like money where your mouth is. Let's go. Yeah. Who who wants to bet that there's going to be some heavier clampdowns right around September in DC? Pro, either it'll be some kind of Delta variant push, or it'll be some like, oh, well, there's a right wing protest group coming to DC, so we're going to further militarize this. Right, and I mean, heck, my my door got kicked in literally 24 hours after I announced the march, so that was the thing that happened. <laughs> I so. uh, yeah, that's that's an old thing to to end the show with. Um, hey. I, 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 are you are you able to talk about that on air at all? Um, uh, I mean, I don't have any information right now. Uh, oh, okay. all, all I know is that they were in my house for 12 minutes. They broke my front door and my screen door. And that the local police, the local sheriff, and the local state troopers all say that it wasn't them. <laughs> so so kind of like the, the Portland alien feds just popping up. Right, yeah, pretty much. So I don't know who it was. I have a lawyer on it. He's digging around, and if it comes to it, like subpoenaing people, it's a little difficult because I live in a real remote area. So like, there isn't like street cams or whatever to easily pick up on it. But I'm having yeah. him like tear heaven and earth to try to figure out. Yeah, hopefully some freedom of information might be able to, you know, yeah. dig into that. Fuck, I mean, fuck knows really. <laughs> when you rely on freedom of information, it's kind of like a. Eh, I guess we're we're just hoping for the best, you know. But, yeah, um, pretty much. So yeah, we're gonna see what what happens. Yeah. By on that, I don't know. Um. All right. Well, that was a that was a fucking lot. We we're about to hit the two hour mark, but I think yeah, yeah. I I think we crammed a, a lot of goodness into one episode. Though, it's, not, so. it's, it's I, I always get excited when I talk to people that actually know this shit <laughs> because like every other podcast I go on, I have to explain like the two boob. Year, 
two years of booglore yep. to people <laughs> so they understand what the fuck I'm talking about. To where, yeah. like, no, no, on this show, we get right <laughs> to the good shit. We, we, we already we, we got the background, we got the context. Let's go. <laughs> Call yeah. us. I, bring, I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun, man. So thank you for coming on. Heck yeah. Um, all right, uh, where can we find you? Okay, so I'm on YouTube, uh, Magnus Panvidia, and then Twitter. Obviously, uh, Panvidia Magnus, because my first account got banned <laughs> right before I hit 10K followers. Always the game. Thank you. And then, obviously, I have, like, a Patreon and all that, like, e-begging bullshit, which I won't. <laughs> you, if, you, if you're really interested, you can find it. I'm not going to put it out there. And that's pretty much it. Um, I'm on spot. My podcast is also on Spotify and CastBox, and that's the Unity or Death podcast, which it's fun and and tomorrow's podcast is literally going to be this again where we're talking about like johnny hurley and everything with the organizers <laughs> and all that so that'll be cool good stuff all right awesome uh thank you for listening everyone and we'll see you next time